like Voldemort, very Voldemort yeah, nails a little very, bit. Yes, like Voldemorty, like witchy nails, not in like a sexy witchy way. friends and welcome to a brand new season of Swords and Sky Mommies, an actual play D&D podcast. You might be thinking to yourself, hey that's not the usual DM's voice, and you would be correct. My name is Bridget and until now I've been playing as Ivy Cromwell in the world of Frenna. However, for an abbreviated season I will be switching places with our lovely head Sky Mommy Melissa. She will be one of the players in a campaign we're calling Vampires and Vendettas and I will be your rookie dungeon master. With this being the first campaign I've ever DM'd, and a homebrew one at that, I'm definitely a little bit nervous, but I'm so excited for you to come along with us on a dark and twisted journey. So without further ado, we begin on an unseasonably chilly Saturday evening in Victorian London. It's the first day of October, but as the sun has started to dip below the skyline of the ever-expanding city, the temperature has swiftly dropped into the 40s. In Fahrenheit, that is. Even though it would be measured in Celsius there, this is a campaign of American players. A wind has picked up, blowing the foul scent of rotting food waste and horse excrement through bustling crowds on filthy streets, small whirlwinds of newly fallen leaves and unknown roughage swirling and clustering at their feet. In the distance, you can hear a man selling newspapers, shouting, New from the Daily Telegraph! Has Jack the Ripper returned? Scotland Yard investigates missing and murdered women at London brothels. This is undoubtedly a tumultuous time to be living in London, but it's also an exciting one. It's arguably more dangerous here than it's ever been, but there's also never been more opportunity for people to make something of themselves. The industrial world is still very much in its youth, signs of growth and innovation visible around every corner. And all of these things come together to create a feeling of possibility in every sense of the word. Possibility, it seems, is one of those things that seems to find the young more than anyone else. And that is why several of our players are preparing to attend a masquerade ball in the Westminster area of the city. Yesterday they received the following invitation. Kind ladies and gentlemen, we are hereby cordially inviting you to the 13th annual Prospero Masquerade Ball, which will be held at the home of the Lord and Lady Prospero, Saturday the 1st of October in the year of our Lord 1892, 7 o'clock in the evening. So we find ourselves first in the affluent neighborhood of Mayfair. Situated near Grosvenor Square is Hemlock Manor, a looming structure made of dark stone covered in strands of climbing ivy. I didn't know it was first. <laughs> <laughs> As we enter the main foyer of the home, we see walls papered in dark purple, almost black, with ornate designs drawn that give just a hint of a metallic shimmer. The entrance is large and minimally appointed, so it's a little bit energetically cold as you first walk in but there's also an innate feeling of elegance and attention given to the tiniest aesthetic details. Moving up a wide gleaming staircase, we enter a very neutral toned utilitarian bedroom. Everything you see is of the finest quality, but there's little personality to be gleaned from the decor choices. Sitting at a large desk against the wall, we see a beautiful young woman. Amanda, can you introduce us to your character? Sure. Um, and also, I should point out that is the quietest we have ever been for the longest amount of time. Because <laughs> yeah. I didn't shut up for because, five minutes. Well, no, but... because Bridget had an amazing description. Well done, well done. Oh, thank you. She's Melissa is very yet. pissed off. In the I'm corner. not pissed, I'm intimidated. <laughs> yes. 
This is also why I wrote everything down because I'm like, I can't improvise this. Which you also went to school to be a writer. I was an English major in college. So fairness. But she is a writer. And I am a writer professionally. Anyway, we yes. were very engrossed. We were the longest we've ever been silent. Well, Amanda, introduce us to Victoria. All right. So Victoria is a, as Bridget so eloquently put, a um, pretty much I put her at about 19, a 19 year old woman. She has very pale skin. Is um, of the Fey race, uh, leaning more towards Unsealy for their um, just family structure. And she is just kind of doing her own thing. She focuses on her family. She's all about her family. Her father has just passed away. And so that they're just kind of figuring that out. And she is um, just trying to hold everything together to the best of her ability, um, especially within the class systems of medieval, not medieval, I'm sorry, of Victorian London. Yes. So your father passed away, how long ago did we say? Maybe like a year I think about, we said about a year. About a year. Which made sense. And I'll also note that your brother, Oliver, has been missing for over, a a little over three weeks. And yesterday- Oh, so much I was giving away. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, we'll we'll lay this all down. Sure. Um, So yesterday, in a tiny scroll hidden within the invitation you received to the masquerade, um, you found the following message. Follow the path laid by murder's cousin, ushered in by green fairies unmet. Once you have consummated this new sin, you'll find me where the autumn sun has set. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, so yes, so Victoria is mostly focusing on that, finding her brother mm-hmm. and getting... She's a very routine person, detail-oriented person. So getting everything back to the way it should be. And yes. That's what she's focusing on. You have big shoes to fill between your father and your brother. But that most people don't want me to fill. <laughs> she said she's going to hold this family together. But if, any, but if any one of the remaining family members is well-equipped to handle it, it is Victoria. She's the only one sober enough to do it. <laughs> what a change. Wow. I, I know. Bit of, bit of a 180 from Poppy. It literally but... is. <laughs> but anyways, and I apologize in advance for the British accent. I will attempt. This this session's definitely going to be a little bit of trial and error with accents and for I all of us. Fall out of, I'm sure. So but. stick with Same. us on that. Um, that's what I get for setting this in a British, <laughs> in a British. You did it to us. I, I did this. We all have so to talk sorry. in some we sort of accent. Currently, yes. don't have any listeners in Ireland, so I think okay. I made it clear. <laughs> if there is a future listener in Ireland, I'm so sorry. I am personally also sorry for for the it's, two Irish women of the of the group. It's been six months of trying to get it. So sorry. <laughs> um. So it's early in the evening. Um, you're getting ready to attend this masquerade. Um, and yesterday you went to Thimbelina's seamstress services and had her design a black dress with long sleeves and a high neckline. Um, it has pockets. It has built-in pants underneath the skirts. Uh, lots of secret compartments and a few other little secret aspects to the design as well 
Um, so we'll say that you are kind of looking at the armoire where you have uh, the dress hung up and you're just kind of looking at the dress, like mentally preparing yourself for the evening. And is there anything that you would like to do before you start getting dressed? Um, I'm just going to assume I have a, a variety of herbs of certain kinds within my room and I would like to put within my special ring I had, um, what was her name, Rose? Uh, Rosie. Rosie um, designed some, of course, hemlock, just in case. Yes. Um, we oh, need shit. it. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm going to go for Okay. And I definitely make sure I put in my little, I had a, also, while at Rosie's, a um, kind of like the, I'm kind of picturing almost like the chopstick hair pieces. Yeah. They're stainless silver hair pieces, and make sure that, like, fits into my hair seamlessly, but it is uh, sharp as hell. Yes, it, it doubles as weaponry. It is a weapon, so that's going in there, and I'm definitely smoking a cigarette. Yep. <laughs> uh, one of one of Victoria's secret habits is smoking the occasional cigarette out of her bedroom her. window. Oh, yeah. Um, Sneak puffs every once You had to have some addiction. Oh, uh, hell yeah. <laughs> and upon smelling that smoke, uh, your sister Alice <laughs> no, is, of course she is, of course she's going to <laughs> Not even knock, just bust her way into your room. I like quickly try to like get rid of it out the window. And she's just gonna point. She's she's also dressed for the ball already. She's in a sage green dress with and a sexy, sweetheart like, neckline. Black robe, silk robe. Yes. <laughs> but she just immediately, without even saying hello, slams the door open and goes, I knew it. I knew it. You knew nothing. Oh, it was now I can always smell it. You mean like I can smell the alcohol on your breath? I'm going to restart this, and <laughs> she's just going to turn right back out and walk out. Good choice. And she's just going to call over her shoulder. She's going to head down the stairs and be like, Mom's waiting for us downstairs. <sighs> All right. And I guess she just, like, throws on the dress quickly. Lots of weaponry strapped to her thighs and mm -hmm. in many places around. And just, yep. And takes a, does take a quick shot. That's, I'm sure, right there, too. And... Yep. Heads out towards the carriage. To yes, so before you reach the main door and before you reach the carriage, of course, your inebriated mother is waiting at the bottom <laughs> of the stairs. My mother is poppy. <laughs> your mother is more poppy, but less uh, equipped to handle herself, we'll say, oh. in a, in a, in a uh, top of her class in torture. So... <laughs> um, so Alice is already at the bottom of the stairs, and your mother, uh, champagne glass in hand, sees you coming down. She's like, darling, you look so beautiful. You look lovely. Are you getting excited now? No. <laughs> Why are there not? You've got so many prospects waiting for you there. Your fiancé will no. be able to, he'll usher you in. Mother, he is not my fiancé. Yeah, don't ever say that again. <laughs> you know how important it was to your father, to your brother. And she just takes a big old swing because that really distressed her. <laughs> yep, you said yep. that. I love you so much. Darling, you know, you also have other valuable prospects that you'll have there. So even if it does not work out with Thomas... There are, there are plenty of eligible gentlemen that you can dance with. Mother, I'm, that is my least 
the least of my concerns at this moment. Alice goes, clearly. <laughs> Alice, go take another shot. All right. <laughs> she, she just takes the Literally. champagne glass out of your mom's I hand know. and walks outside toward the carriage. And Buford, the butler, is just waiting by the door. Just, it, like, not really saying anything. Just waiting to open the door for both of you. So he opens the door for her as she exits. Um... And your mom comes up to you, now both hands free, and it's just like doing the mom thing of like straightening your dress a little bit and like smoothing your hair. Father, there are much bigger things we have to worry about I right know, now. but I want you to find Versus someone. some idea father had five years ago. But you deserve someone who can take care of you and take care, take, take these care things of off myself. your shoulders. I can take care of everyone. I've already fell out of the accent. I, <laughs> I can take care of everyone. I don't need someone but to you help don't, me do it. You shouldn't need to. It's not a lady's place to have to take care of everyone. You should have someone taking care of you. Buford, do you, do you have another glass? He he just kind of eyes you a little bit. Um, give me a perception check. <laughs> perception. Take Ooh. care of her. I love you for <laughs> Perception. Perception. Where is it? There. Nope, that's persuasion. Right, right around there. It's alphabetical. Uh, <laughs> I have a different thing. Oh. Ah, the fuck up. I found it. It's, it, it's grouped by, like, dex intelligence. Oh, yes. Yeah, it was wisdom. Um... Mm-hmm. 22. Woo! Okay. Um, so he gives you a look and then just kind of like side-eyes your mom a little bit. You know he waters down her drinks <laughs> a lot of the time. Like he... How about a fresh one? Do you he has to do... I hand him the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Full alcohol. And he just like, his facial expression does not waver. Mm-hmm. And I know he's pissed though. <laughs> he's just going to say... I'll freshen it with some ice as well, Mom. Mm-hmm. And he takes the bottle and goes to get her another glass. And you know, like, it's going to be a splash of <laughs> champagne <laughs> and, like, mostly water, but enough that she gets, like, the condensation mm. or the, the carbonation of it. <laughs> um, so you are welcome to leave. Your mother's just going to keep fawning over you. <laughs> I, I just I just start walking out towards the carriage and just, just get in the carriage. Be safe. Dance beautifully, oh, take coming? care of your sister. Oh, no, she has coming. other engagements. Um, oh, yes. sure. Oh, no, it just means uh, drinking in, in the parlor. Okay. Who's going to pass out at home? She's a widow. She's grieving. So she's, and, her, and her son's missing, so she's got a lot she of shit going on. She doesn't act like it. That's fine. That's fine. Well, she's That's just fine. She's coping how she can. Who's her chaperone? Or are you an adult? I'm 19, so I'm the chaperone, technically. Yeah, yeah you are... Um, Alice, Alice is 16, yeah. so this is also her first... Um, her first night out into society. Um, so you two get in the carriage, and you make your way over to Chateau Prospero. Uh, now we head a few streets away in Mayfair to Fieldworth, the Manor of Meadows. A structure that screams new money and big personality. A Fieldworth is an an amalgam of clashing tastes. It's hard to say whose influence won out. That of American steel investor Glenn Meadows, whose German heritage and passion for industrial materials are loudly celebrated in every room, or that of his late wife Daisy, who loved the aestheticism movement in the previous decade 
and had subsequently filled the house with black stained wood furniture and countless carvings of leaves, flowers, and birds. Um, but despite the jarring contrast in decor, you can feel that this is a home filled with love. Moving upstairs, we enter a room that brings a third design style into the mix. The walls are a vibrant shade of pink, and every fabric you see is adorned with all manner of frills and ruffles and sequins and sparkles. The one exception is the simple dark blue dress hanging on the closet door. Sitting across from that dress on her bed is a small teenage pixie girl. <laughs> Linz, could you tell us about your character? Uh, quick question. I have the dress bespelled, so my bed is a different color, right? Yes. I think <laughs> okay. we agreed that, like, he... You had a conversation where he obviously wanted it to be pink. Mm -hmm. um, you agreed that purple was the I thought so. Medium. So there's like some, a little bit of illusory magic on yes. it that Rosie spelled it with so that he sees like a periwinkle, like light purple dress, but really it's it's dark blue and it's much simpler and less sparkly than he would care for. I, I <laughs> thought so. So tell us about Petunia. So Petunia is a little bit of a tomboy. She hates all things pink and frilly, but seems to be a problem. As you can tell by her room, that is not what her father likes for her. And she's a bit of a daddy's girl, so she tries to please him while keeping her darker likes hidden away. Could you describe some of those darker interests? Well, she she would love in the future to be a mortician. <laughs> she has has a deep love for anatomy and bone structure. I hate that you're staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> what? Personal attack. <laughs> <laughs> and thankfully you do have uh, Kathleen, who is yes. a maid in the house that supports your hobbies and uh, will occasionally bring you some animal bones that she finds. She's my cohort. Yes. Um, so you at least have one confidant in the house, despite uh, your father's desire for you to be a pretty, pretty princess. Yes. Um, is there anything that you would like to do before you start getting dressed? So I am going to kind of go to my closet, which kind of has my hidden anatomy stuff. I feel like you're giving off strong, like, Lane Kim energy from Gilmore Girls, where she has, like, all of her CDs and shit buried under the floorboards. Like, that's... That's kind of what Petunia. But yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go in there and kind of I'm gonna pull out a bag, a pouch, which is holding um, what are they like the knuckle bone runes? Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna pull those out and just kind of shake them up a little bit and then just kind of throw them down to kind of get a little get a reading. reading for the night to see if I can figure anything out. The bone scrying? Yes. Oh my god. Okay. Um. Roll me and Arcana or even like Insight. Um, let's say Arcana just because there's like some sort of magical aspect to this. 17. Okay. Um, it's giving some conflicting messages. Um, you see a lot of potential for positives. Um, kind of if you conduct yourself as your truer self, 
which you also know comes with a little bit of risk given that your father is escorting you there. Um, but you also see signs um, that kind of signal you to like stay alert and proceed with caution a little bit. Um, nothing really specific as far as um, what to look out for, mm-hmm. but just general messages that are like, there's, there's a lot of different ways that this evening could go. Um, but do what you can to operate authentically and just keep your wits about you, basically. I wish you had a one. That's so fun. That's gonna be great. I know. So with a bit of a mixed reaction, I'm going to pull out my lucky rabbit's foot and try to slip that in my pocket Love just it. for a little extra life. Is the lucky rabbit's foot like huge for you? Oh, is it like a regular? <laughs> or is it like a pygmy foot? rabbit's foot? I'm, I'm just small. I'm not tiny. Okay. A, a okay. New, a newborn yeah, buddy. Like oh, that's so bad. That's really fucked Poor up. Baby. I'm so sorry. You're not tiny. You're a small creature. Yes. Okay, so it's a regular rabbit. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say that um, Petunia's dark blue dress, um, like Victoria's, uh, has pockets and pants built into it under the skirts. Um, she also has a thigh holster for Blade and a holder for her loot since she's a bard. Um, but I will also say that there were a few extra uh, secret compartments that Rosie put in for you. Um, <laughs> just kind of knowing that you had some more macabre interests, um, I think she anticipated that that might be something that you'd want. Yeah. I think she also slipped the business card for the mortician that she knows yes. into the pocket of your dress. Um, if there's not a moment where you all three meet and you're like, oh my gosh, I love your dress. It's I love the pockets. pockets. If that doesn't happen, I'm so mad. <laughs> and Rosie's not even going to be there, which sucks, but... It's either, thanks, it has pockets, or thanks, I got it on sale. Those yeah, are the two. Yeah. yeah. The only They're all going to be showing their pants, I think, yeah. too. Thanks, it's it has pants. pants. Thanks, it's legs. Thanks, it's legs. <laughs> okay, so you have your uh, rabbit's foot. Do you have anything else that you want to bring with you as um, you're getting ready? I'm going to slip, slip a dagger into the thigh holster. Okay. Um, I think in... Y'all are all weapons up for this. <laughs> We're prepared We for don't anything. trust you. <laughs> That's good. You shouldn't. Yeah. I think in a similar fashion to uh, Victoria... I'm going to do like sharpened bones in my hair. As... Oh, that's sick. I what love that. Copycat. <laughs> I was thinking it and then you said it. I'm like, uh-huh. well, I'm going to copy her. Um, do you have any sort of like illusory magic cantrips or like first level spells or anything? Just because your father's going to notice that you have bones in your hair. <laughs> they can be decorative. It doesn't. I don't know how he's going to feel about bones. You better in get your like hair. a Decorative <laughs> bones. Let's yes. See. Okay. I have prestidigitation. Perfect. So if you want to use that to just make it look like, like little ivy gold, yeah, something, yeah, just not bones. No. <laughs> I think that's probably in your best interest. I'm gonna make him have sparkles. Yeah. Oh, he'll be thrilled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just gonna double check this really quick. Um. Use this so against you when she finds out that this is what you want. This is what your dad's doing. He's like, "Oh wow, it's weird that she's wearing sparkles, isn't it?" <laughs> oh yeah, no. Um, it's it's a sensory effect, and you can create an illusory image using it. So we'll say that's that's the illusory it's image. Harmless. Um, yeah, it's not bones. <laughs> not bones. Don't know where you got that idea. Mm-hmm. Okay, so once you're fully dressed, um, you can make your way downstairs. 
Um, your father is sitting uh, sort of in like the, the sitting parlor area, um, reading the paper. Um, and you kind of hear him muttering to himself, uh, as he's reading it, um, doesn't notice that you're coming down yet. And he's just like, it's ghastly, awful. And he sees you and he's like, princess, daddy. How are you feeling about tonight? He seems a little bit rattled, but is trying to put on an excited face for you. I'm really excited. Are you really? Yes. <gasps> that that makes me so happy. And um, you wore and you wore purple. Just for you, Daddy. That means the world to me, kiddo. <laughs> I, I gotta say, that's and he's like getting choked up just sitting here. <laughs> I feel like that's a role persuasion. What that she's that really she's lying. Does he want to believe it though? Because if he wants, wants to believe it, he fair, wants to believe fair. it desperately. So you know what? I'll have you roll a persuasion check, but I'll I'll let you roll Through it with the, advantage. Go to the bus. Sorry. I'll let you roll it with advantage because he wants to believe the lies so badly. Twenty five. Okay. okay. That doesn't okay. feel bad if I actually. So no, he it just up. he fully just one was one. He fully just starts crying. <laughs> Daddy. Oh, you, you know I love you, and I just, I want you to be happy, but you just look so darn beautiful, and I think you're going to meet the nicest man tonight. Oh, I and, don't know about that, Daddy. Oh, no, I just, just no. promise, promise me you're going to be safe, okay? Of course. It's, it's a scary world that we're living in out there, and it's, I just want you to be safe. Okay. Of course. Which one are my brothers escorting you? Your brothers are busy with their kids mm. this evening. Mm. Um, so I will be mm. escorting you tonight. So, Papa. So I, I will be able to make sure that you're safe. But I can also help you pick out some good fellas there. Oh, you're Dead. Oh, your daddy's the wingman. I love him, but you're fucked. Oh, yeah, no, he wants to literally wingman. Like, really wants to be a wingman. Yeah. What's his name? Glenn. Glenn, Glenn Meadows. Glenn Meadows. He's a, he's a bald that. pixie with a mustache. I love and Glenn Meadows. Just a, a delightful little man, but. Die for Glenn. I would also die for Glenn. But. Wait, does your character have a mother? She's, She's dead. Yeah. I think Glenn Meadows and your mom are going to get together. Is this going to be a full Galere and um, what's their face? Hilarial? Yes! <laughs> Hilarial is a large inspiration for her mother. Is Galere her dad? But like a sweeter Galere. A sweeter, less bumbling Galere. Yes. I was really hoping Lark would be with me. I know, kid, but he's he promised. You know, you know how he the promised. you know how the toddlers Daddy. are right now. <laughs> I want it now. The baby, the baby has colic, and the baby is seven. <laughs> it's a it's a colicky seven year old. What is that can just I say? Blue? Oh my god. He really wanted to be there, kiddo. But but I will make sure that you have the best darn time mm. possible. Just. Uh, do you? I don't. I don't know how much you keep up with the news, but did you? Did you happen to read today's paper? Not really. I kind of briefly flicked. Okay. Well, 
you know, I that's good in a sense because I want to sh- I want to shield you from all the scary things in the world as long as I Which can. Which was it? <laughs> Daddy. He's just gonna hand you the paper. He can't bring himself to to read it to you. Um, so the it it's the headline that like we heard being shouted before about. What? I just thought this was just so Virginia funny. Meadows equals goth Baruch assault. Baruch assault. <laughs> goth Baruch assault. I love it. That That's so exactly bad. the kind of note I would like you to write down about her. Um, so the, the headline that you heard shouted earlier was, uh, has Jack the Ripper returned? Scotland Yard investigates missing and murdered women <laughs> at London brothels. So that was the article he was reading. Um, I missed this. And I mean... It was on the street before, so, like, not something any of you would have heard, but... Uh, no, the, that was me in character. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, reading it. Um, so, reading this, you see it says, Early Friday morning, a woman was found mutilated outside of Charlotte's Secret, a prominent Oxford Street brothel. Known only to patrons as Nina, the deceased employee was discovered in an alleyway behind the establishment with her throat slashed and multiple lacerations across her abdomen. It's not the actual name of one of the girls. Mm-hmm. Oh, was it really? I thought <laughs> it was from Dracula. Oh, oh I thought it was Mina. Mina is from Dracula. Yes, oh, I thought right. Nina was one of the actual girls one of the, who was like, killed canon by five. The, one of the canon the yeah kind or, of it might have been. This is maybe po- not though. Maybe I'm this is post eighteen ninety two is post Jack the Ripper, like right. a few years after his rampage. Um, um, and, right. and it's an alias is is really the understanding right. because it's a it's a brothel. Quick um, question: What was? Could the, you say, I was like, yeah. can you say that again? Yes. I'll read it again. Um, early Friday morning, a woman was found mutilated outside of Charlotte's Secret, a prominent Oxford Street brothel. Known only to patrons as Nina, the deceased employee was discovered in an alleyway behind the establishment with her throat slashed and multiple lacerations across her abdomen. This marks the fourth incident in a disturbing pattern of murders and disappearances that have emerged in recent weeks. In early September, a dancer performing under the pseudonym Viola was found dead under similar circumstances outside of the popular burlesque club, The Second Circle, and two female employees were reported missing from the brothels Gardens of Oberon and The Forbidden Fruit later that same month. Which one? Do I know any of those? Yes, you know. Where's my notebook? Um, one of them is Hemlock Owned. Yeah. Hold on once. I wasn't sure which one. (laughs) But Charlotte's sense. Secret, so that's where the most recent, the most recent is mine. Was okay. That is no, mm-hmm. that is Nightshade owned. Oh shit, okay. Um Tommy Tommy Tommy. Scarlet yes. Lux. Um Charlotte's Secret. Oh. That is a national treasure reference. <laughs> the Charlotte? The Secret Lies with Charlotte. Um Should that be the name of this episode, The Secret Lies with Charlotte? Yes. We do really well with National Treasure. We references. really do. Um, so, in early September, a dancer performing under the pseudonym Viola was found dead under similar circumstances outside of the popular burlesque club, The Second Circle. And The Second Circle is, uh, not owned by anybody that is in your circle. And then what um, were the ones missing? So, Gardens of Oberon is a Fae-owned brothel, and The Forbidden Fruit is Hemlock-owned. Okay. Um, so that one is, what? Like the King of the Fairies? Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, what was that one more time? Because I was writing it, so I had the other one as you The second it. circle is a burlesque club. That one I got. Um, and the brothel Gardens of Oberon is Fae-owned. Yep. Um, that has one missing employee, and then the Forbidden Fruit is the Hemlock-owned brothel. Forbidden Fruit, which also has missing Hemlock. Yes. Okay. Um, so, 
Okay. Uh, Evangeline Usher, proprietor of The Hidden Fruit and co-owner of the exclusive lounge The Raven Club, expressed her growing unease. While I'm aware that many look down on us as fallen women unworthy of concern, this should worry every resident of London. Our city is under attack, and it would be unwise to assume that you and your loved ones are safe just because of the recent events that have targeted ladies of a certain profession. Scotland Yard has declined to comment as speculation rises about whether the Whitechapel murderer, Jack the Ripper, has found a new hunting ground after years of inaction. She's already solved I've already solved her. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know this. I'm not here. No. I'm sleeping with the rats right I, as, soon as, you, <laughs> as soon as you looked at me... Mm -hmm. What did you solve? The murder? Can no, part of my face yes. something? Okay, so in Victoria's note, it says, follow the path laid by the murderer's cousin. And then she said something about ravens. And a group of ravens, ravens is, is, a called, is a murder. And it's capitalized for some reason. Which makes me think it was like the name of something. But like cousin. The, and like, the cousin of a crow is yes, a raven. Yes. Oh! Follow the raven. I, I will also, because you picked up on that already, I will reread the full line. Yes. Evangeline Usher. Thank you. Proprietor yes. of the Forbidden Fruit and co-owner of the exclusive lounge, The Raven Club, expressed her growing unease. So keep all of that in mind. When you read that article and just knowing your father as well as you do, um, you know it was Evangeline Usher's quote about um, it being unwise to assume that you and your loved ones are safe just because uh, these recent events have involved like prostitutes and burlesque dancers. Um, so you know that's kind of why he is in such distress over this. Um, and so he's just kind of like sitting in his chair with his, his hands steepled, like pressing his fingers into his forehead. Um, and he's like, I, I feel better knowing that I'll be with you at this tonight and that I can make efforts to keep you safe. But I just, while you're out and about in the world, you're a growing young lady, and I, I just want you to, to keep your wits about you and make sure you're being safe. Of course, I will not um, do anything to make you worry. Also, roll me an insight check. Twenty. Twenty. Dirty twenty. Um, he lied to you. Um, about why your brother wasn't coming. He asked your brother not to come so that he could be the one to escort you to this because he is worried about your safety. Oh, okay, I thought it was going to be something darker than Jamie's just worried. No, brother's no, dead. Glenn, Glenn. Glenn Meadows' <laughs> intentions are always extremely pure. <laughs> brother is the murderer. <laughs> no, you, I mean, your brother does have a colicky seven-year-old, but... <laughs> but... <laughs> But no, your dad your dad wants to be the one to make sure that you are safe. Not that he doesn't trust your brothers, it's just you're his baby. You're his princess. And he wants to make sure that you're safe as much as he can. So he's just staring at you with tears in his eyes still. It's okay. We will be fine. Okay. We'll go to the masquerade. We'll have fun. <laughs> yes! We will have fun. Yes. We will eat cake. Cake? I love and cake. I've heard the food's really good at this thing. Ooh. So we will we will have cake and I will help you pick out a man or two. Oh, okay. damn. 
Dad's keeping her out. It's good you're keeping your options I'm open. I'm only 16. You got time to figure it out. Might as well talk to a couple of fellas while you're there. Is this your first event? Yeah. Oh, oh like you're coming out? Yeah. That's so also why out. he wants to be there. Oh. <laughs> so... He's just gonna like continue to like bluster over you, and the two of you can kind of make your way out of the house. I think and it's time to go. Yeah, start making your way downtown. Walking Keep fast. Ocean. Ocean's fast. No shit. Faces fast. They're not homebound. Animal. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're Chateau Prospero bound. From there, we head over to the Baker Street area of the Marylebone District. Here we find the Dashwood Estate which has been in partial ruins for the past three years. The four Dashwood children lived in the intact wing of the home, while the portion of the living quarters that burned down continues to be reconstructed. The Dashwood estate is a bit more modest in its design than Hemlock Manor, but it still points toward its inhabitants having lineage with some level of socioeconomic status. After walking up the reconstructed staircase, we enter a simple but lovely bedroom. It's a wash in shades of light blue, with a four-poster bed overlaid in a canopy and candles giving the space a warm glow. Standing and looking at the dress that's laid out on the bed is a young halfling woman. Joanna, can you tell us about your character? Of course. Um, so, my character is Anna Maria Dashwood. She is a halfling wizard. Um, and if you can't already tell, I kind of have a thing for Jane Austen writing. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, okay. Because I obviously named my last character Darcy. So going in forward, I am kind of taking a lot of inspiration from Jane Austen here. Um, Anna Maria, I would say, definitely has that Elizabeth Bennet vibe going on about her. You know, she is brown-haired, slight curl to it. Um, but she tends to wear it in, like, a braid when she's at home. Um, I wrote down plait, though, to be <laughs> fancy. fancy. Um, she's, you know, a very heavy reader. She likes to read. And I think she took on some of that from her father and her mother, who were both very talented wizards, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, because of the tra- tragedy that happened at her home um, and her parents passing away... Uh, she kind of has taken on the motherly role uh, before her two younger sisters. Um, she also has an elder brother, and he is kind of, the, I think the inspiration behind him is kind of Anthony Bridgerton from <laughs> Bridgerton. Um, you know, so he's definitely wanted more in his life, but was kind of forced to come back and be the male lead of our story. Um, But yeah, you know, I mean, she really is, you know, I think living in a pretty, like, fine environment. Yes? How does he feel about bees? Oh, I don't know. We'll have to find out. (laughs) Only time will tell. Maybe we'll find a decanter somewhere. Oh, shit. Escape these fucking bees. (laughs) This is literally a Bridgerton reference, too. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this season. Mm -hmm. I'm like a full year behind. Same. Yeah, there's Anyways. there's some bee trauma there. <laughs> so um, I, th- I think there's understand. more fire trauma for them just because their parents were killed in a fire. Yes, but Melissa has bee trauma. Um, there's there's also trauma. a lot of dead parents already. Yes. We have we have Victoria with a dead father and a missing brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anna Maria has both of her parents who are deceased, and then Petunia's mother is deceased as well. A lot of dead parents. Yeah. Um, Not great. No. Um, but yeah, space. Oh. 
God, flat, everything's flying away. Um, basically, you know, Anna Maria is kind of just in the role of elder sister. You know what I mean? She's mm-hmm. taking care of her younger sister, who her young, not her middle sister, the in between, is uh, coming out this season. So she is uh, getting ready for her, and you know, excited. So you're looking down at your dress on the bed, which is kind of a mixture of sky blue and a few like well-matching shades of green. So it was designed where the, the skirt is sky blue with a sheer shimmery green overlay and a forest green ribbon securing around the waist. Um, of course, it also has pockets and pants mm-hmm. built in under the skirts. Um, and the top is uh, solid sky blue uh, with long sleeves, with cuts out of the shoulders, and a sweetheart neckline. Um, you have a pair of forest green boots sitting at the edge of your bed. Um, and then you also have a tiara um, sitting right above your dress uh, that was designed to look similar to one that belonged to your mother. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, that is one that Adelaide is wearing, um, your sister who is coming out in a society. So is there anything that you want to do before you join your siblings downstairs? Um, I think overall she's probably just going to like obviously get dressed. Uh, her hair is going to go up. Um, I don't know if there is a way for her. I, I've never been a wizard, so this is going to be fun. Um, I feel like she hopefully can use some sort of like something to help her get her hair. Sure. Sure. We'll say so. <laughs> so get her hair ready. Things like that. Um, I think, again, she's a heavy reader, so I'm thinking of, like, one of those satchel, kind of like the bag that she has, something like that, um, when she's going to, like, put, you know, one of her father's old books or something that she, like, stole out of his library before it burned down. Okay. Um, and, you know, she's going to start heading downstairs. Um, I feel like she's going to call out to her, uh, are, are, assumingly everyone's downstairs. Well... You do, I, I don't think you know for okay. sure, but you and Adelaide have bedrooms across from each other okay. upstairs in, in the, like, preserved wing of the house. Okay. Um, so it might be worth calling out to her to see. All right. Um, I think I'm going to leave my bedroom and walk over to her and give a little knock. Adelaide! Okay. Um, so she opens the door, and she is in a pale pink dress um, with, like, a ballerina-esque shimmery, poofy skirt also has a sweetheart neckline um, with kind of a sheer bit of fabric going up high around her neck from that neckline. Um, and she also has silver earrings, um, a silver necklace with a pearl at the end of it, and her mother's tiara. So she, it, we talked in your session zero a bit about how she's very sweet, just very shy. Mm-hmm. So she opens the door and it's like it has like a soft smile on her face, but when she makes eye contact with you, she instantly starts blushing and breaks eye contact because like she's just not used to being seen by people in like fancy dress. So she's you in like sixth grade. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Adelaide comes from a very honest place. Yes. <laughs> um so she kind of steps back and does a little bit of like a spin around and just looks up at you shyly and is like, what do you think? Oh my goodness. If only mother could see you right now. I wish she was here. And just like it, you can see that she has tears in her eyes a little bit. Um, I'm gonna start tearing too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you excited at all though? Nervous mostly, but 
I think you're going to be the belle of the ball. I'm, I'm really glad you're coming with me. Of course. I would not want to be anywhere else. Of course, I do think our younger sister will be having quite trouble being left home alone I... with our lovely maid. Housekeeper. Housekeeper. <laughs> Name's Irene Ablewill. Um, but, yeah, uh, Adelaide kind of laughs at that. I'm just like, I think I'm going to have to give her this dress when, when she's old enough to fit into it. Oh, I'm sure as soon as the ball's over, she will be stealing it. <laughs> Maybe we can shrink it down for her or something. Oh, absolutely. I do love the tiara, though. Mm. Thank you for letting me of wear course. it. Of course. I also have something else for you. Okay. And she <laughs> catching me by surprise. Um, um, and she's going to pull out a necklace that was given to, not a necklace, let's do a bracelet. She's okay. going to pull out some sort of bracelet because I know she's wearing a necklace. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's going to pull out a bracelet and it's going to be kind of like pearly, kind of similar. To go with the necklace? Yes. Um, and I'll say, this was, uh, you know, this was mother's. And she had intended it for all of her girls to wear on their first night um, out in society. She was given it to, from her grand or from her mother. Why would we do that when you're not getting up and yeah. situating? Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I had to move. My leg was stuck. Um, okay, <clears throat> where was I? Uh, so this, th- I'm going to give her a bracelet, and the bracelet's going to be pearly and very pretty. Uh, this bracelet was given to me on my first night out, and I thought that you would like it as well. Uh, it was given to me by mother. And she just, like, kind of inhales, like, shaking breath a little bit. Thank you. Of course. Do now, are we do ready? You, do you have anything to wear of hers? I've had enough. What I, get to, what I want is I want you to be the most beautiful belle of the ball. And I want mother with you the whole time. But you deserve to be happy too. Of course, and I am. And I will be. Okay. And so she just kind of takes it and... Sorry. <laughs> and she just takes it and puts it on and just kind of like stares at it for a long minute and you can you can really tell how much it means to her Mm -hmm. like the tiara was a lot that like that meant a great deal to her that you were willing to let her wear that Mm -hmm. but this bracelet i think just it it strikes a chord with her even more Mm -hmm. um so she just kind of sniffles and and tries to like compose herself a little bit and the two of you go downstairs um so when you turn right from at the bottom of the staircase, you kind of enter uh, the completed, uh, undestroyed part of the house. Um, and I think we talked about um, how the... So if you enter the house, it's the right wing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're coming down the stairs, you would go left. Mm-hmm. Um, and the walls have all been reconstructed just because London's not a particularly warm place. So the first thing after the fire... Um, to prioritize would be to prevent the cold from getting in. Um, so the walls have all been reconstructed, but it doesn't feel habitable yet, if that makes sense. So like structurally, it's not on the, on the verge of collapse anymore. You're being protected from, uh, the outdoors, but at the same time, like there are still wings of the house, um, especially where the fire first erupted from, like kind of in like the area of your father's study and where the parlor is. 
um, that it feels like the soot and ash and the smell of smoke lingering in the air um, will never fully go away. Mm -hmm. Um, And that tends to be a wing that Andrew um, encourages his sisters to stay away from. Um, For the most part, you think... never trust an Andrew. (laughs) Never trust an Andrew? Nope. Um, We're all named with A's. You're all A names. Uh... But yeah, Andrew has has framed it in such a way where it is for your safety. Mm -hmm. He has told you that it's too dangerous um, to go into that wing. But there's there's a small part of you that's a little bit suspicious of that fact. Mm -hmm. um, Because you don't know how that fire broke out. You don't know what happened or how your parents died. So there's that, like, small part of you... um, that Like, the the small rebellious side of the Elizabeth Bennet part of you where... um, You've, you've always had curiosity about it, but out of respect for your brother, mm-hmm. you have not yes. pursued it. So you take a right with Adelaide, and you kind of go into the kitchen the kitchen dining area, um, and you see that Andrew is sitting at the table, um, also with a paper, but he uh, hears you coming in and quickly just folds it and puts it out of sight. Um, and he just kind of gives you both a curt nod and says, Sisters? Are you ready for to for this evening? Oh, yes, brother. Are you? As I'll ever be. Oh, come on now. Pish posh, pish posh. <laughs> you know the most beautiful ladies of the land are going to be there. Aren't you excited a little bit? I have no interest in frivolous interactions. I'm oh. purely there to look after you and to make sure that you and your sister are... Capable of making suitable matches. You know, do not worry about me or young Adelaide. I have her well in hand. What, yes, but I'm I sorry. Do. I, keep I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will start again. Sorry, let me get. I can't. I just because I'm an actress with my body. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're a podcast. I'm sorry. You, you got to get a softer share to, to not start squeeze standing. <laughs> um, where was I? Sorry. <laughs> Brother? Him just saying that I, I just said that like his focus is on making sure you and Adelaide have suitable matches. Oh. At the end of the day, Andrew, my goal is for you to finally buck up. Yeah, I wish you would take your own circumstances more seriously. You are just as eligible as Adelaide is, and you are in your 20s. And you still have not found a suitable match. Oh my god, an old hag. (laughs) (laughs) Brother, as you can tell, there are other things that we have to worry about. And Yes, but those are for me to worry about. Oh, but listen. I am very capable of taking over. You can go away occasionally. You don't have to stay here. That shouldn't be your responsibility. Why not? Because I am the eldest and mother and father entrusted this to me. It is your responsibility to uphold the family name, to continue doing the work to increase our stature in society, and the best way that you can do that is to find a worthwhile match. Well, my focus on tonight is to make sure that Abby has a fine match. I don't disagree with that. I'm also looking out for her, but I will have my eye on you as well. And I will let you know if I see any gentlemen that are there that I think would be worthy of conversation. Fine. 
You may do that. But <laughs> what I do ask He scowls you, at you. <laughs> your accent's too good. It's not fair. Mine? Both of yours. I don't think so. Like, no, you're I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just saying things. Um, but here's the thing. What I do ask of you is that you do not skulk in the corner like some kind of, you know, depressed monkey at the zoo. <laughs> I'm also laughing because just keep in mind that you use the word skulk. Um, what do you how, do I, how do I skulk like a monkey at the zoo? Oh, but, as just as like when we came down here, you give us a nod. What are we to you? We're your sisters. We look beautiful, don't we? You look lovely. Thank you. All I ask is that you at but least That dance. makes me a monkey for not <laughs> shouting from the rooftops. I'm so sorry. I did well, not have a more enthusiastic reaction. Okay, but you also have noticed lately that you have been quite moody. And I know that we've been going through a lot, but it's time for us to arise. Put a situation out there. Don't you be putting yourself in the corner drinking your whiskey and what other, what do they drink? Ale? What do they drink Brandy. back then? Sure. Brandy? What I, What's um, wrong with drinking whiskey? There is nothing. As that, long that as you is have a, a lady social, to get a drink for as That well. is a social event for gentlemen. Mm -hmm. I am making connections of different sorts. <laughs> you must promise me, you must, uh, you must dance with more than just your sisters tonight. Can you promise me that? Very well. Thank so you. he he's and just fix your hair. It's a little bit poofy. What? He doesn't even like. He doesn't. I'm even... gonna look my hair. No. And I'm no. Gonna... <gasps> no. Come here. Come here. He, he actively runs away from you. Oh God, what a child. <laughs> um, I'm gonna call out Abby. She comes running in and just like grabs you by your legs. Abigail is five years old and she is the youngest of the Dashwoods. She's not a colicky seven. No, she's not a colicky seven year old. She is a boisterous five year old. By nope. two years. Boy, look out. Set, once she hits seven, that colic will hit her it's real hard. Set in. Um, Abby, so I know, unfortunately, darling, that you will not be here with us tonight, but. Like she's just like the upper lip, bottom lip immediately goes out. Wait, 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 wait. Before you start getting all pouty, I do have something special for you. And I'm going to take the tiara off my head and I'm going to put it on her head. I want you to take very good care of this because in just 11 years, you will be dancing as well at the ball. Is that right? How long is 11 years? Oh, it's just a witty wisp. Okay. <laughs> and she just takes the crown and she runs into the other room and she's like, Irene, Irene, I'm a princess too. And Irene is just busy doing okay. housework. But right. um, Abby, we are leaving. Irene, is there anything you need before we leave? No, dear. And she comes out and like also just gets misty eyed. This is a very like emotional kind of night mm -hmm. for you guys because... It, do, it does bring up a lot of reminders of the fact that your parents aren't here anymore and that you are, for Irene especially, um, like you two are growing up and she's been like a second mother to you guys and seeing you as grown women kind of going out into the world and, and interacting with society in this way mm -hmm. um, is just emotional for her. It's like, it's like a mom watching her kids go to prom, basically. Um, except you might get married from going to prom. Um, <laughs> I mean... 
I mean, some people might. Uh, but yeah, she just, she like comes up and wraps you both in a big warm hug. Oh, Irene, you're going to ruin my hair. <laughs> and I giggle. You give both, her a kiss on the cheek. You both look so beautiful. Your mother would be so happy to see you mm. like this. Yes. I do wish mother was here. But, alas, we must go. I bid you adieu. Brother! And, and she she looks at you firmly and she's like, no, I don't want you too focused on your sister. I want yes, you to yes. pay attention. I promise to, to dance with at least two the, fellows. I, he I heard you make Andrew promise to do the same thing. Yes, as he well should. So you must He's do the, the same as well. You, Dashwood must, name, not you must promise me that you will also do the same. <laughs> I promise. Well, good. If it's a quite ugly man, I'm not going to go do it. Oh no, don't dance with ugly men just to dance with men. Okay. <laughs> Choose men that you find to be attractive. Yes. I, for example, prioritize your own happiness. If Felix Butterworth is there, I'm definitely not going to be dancing with him. No, Felix Butterworth. It, poor chap, puberty was not kind to him. <laughs> no. No, it was Nor not. Nor was the Scarlet Fever. And did you hear that? We are not to dance with Felix Butterworth. And she even, even. <laughs> oh, she's over here. Oh, okay. Even, <laughs> also, you, no dancing with Felix Butterworth. Oh, even so Addie kind of gets a look on her face and she's like, oh no, never, Ugh. never. All right, well, I guess we'd be off. Brother, let's go. Just pats you on the cheek and it just scoots you off. Mm. Uh, she goes back into the kitchen and scoops up Abby into her arms. Um, and Andrew comes out and is in a nice suit with nice coattails and he's just, he doesn't look happy to be dressed this nicely, but he goes up to the front and opens the door for you, and the three of you exit and go into the carriage that's waiting for you. Great. So finally, I'm so nervous. <laughs> we head. I I lost Irene's accent hard for a minute there, so you are totally fine. Um, finally, we head over to the much more impoverished Lambeth Borough of South London. In a forgotten alleyway lies a hidden doorway leading to a staircase made of mostly rotten and unstable planks of wood. At the top, we reach a tiny ramshackle studio apartment. Frankly, there isn't much to look at. <laughs> Beyond the sacks of discarded flour that have been fashioned into a bed, there's a chamber pot in the far corner, a moldering dresser, and a fireplace containing a few dying embers and an empty pot where food is heated and water is boiled. A rat scurries past the pale bare feet of a disfigured undead woman that sits on the quote-unquote bed. Melissa, can you describe your character for us? So Fran is an amalgamation of four different women. Um, and you can kind of tell the lines of demarcation of where her like stitched scars are. And so... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I was trying colors? to... I could tell if you were... The sparkles settled. Trying to get... Ooh, that was just funny. Yeah, mine does too. Mm -hmm. um, so like you see... Clusters. Yeah. Yeah. Is Fran the four murdered ladies? That would have been really interesting, but no. Oh, damn. Because yeah, N could have been for Nina. <gasps> that would have been. Actually, I think her name is Nina. I think you're right. One of the girls who murdered was murdered. But that's an alias, and. True. Yes. That would have been very cool. Okay. Um, no, she was not. Um, but she is an amalgamation of four different women, and you can tell 
like the lines of demarcation of where um, she was stitched together with like the scarring. Um, and then like while she is pale, the differences in skin tone, um, she has dark um, setback eyes that are bloodshot and like black. And then um, really dark circles under her eyes. She has a shaved head and then like long cracked yellow fingernails. She's not looking good. I she, love her. She's not. <laughs> she's not hot. She's not hot. She's not hot. She's hot on the inside. She's hot on the inside. And that's what counts. <laughs> she's 10 out of 10 on the inside. We're going to give her a makeover. <laughs> it's good luck. She's a corpse. That's fine. She's corpses. She corpses, wants be, yes. She wants to be a mortician. Yes. We can do beauty makeup on her. Yeah. Practice. Kick it on. <laughs> Better wig. Yes. Better pizza. Papa John. <laughs> Papa John. Thinking the same thing. Crappy <laughs> John's. Prestidigitation. You just make me smell better. I don't know if I can do that. That's what prestidigitation, like, I think that the smell is. So you, you don't do, smell like, smell like death? I um, think so. It was an illusion thing. So Fran is not attending the masquerade as a guest, but rather she is working uh, and received the following message from Lord Prospero as part of her hiring. Um, decorum rind... Re- oh, I'm going to start that over. Decorum reminders for masquerade staff. You are, in essence, of equal worth to an unseen servant. You are not to be observed by masquerade guests under any circumstances. Perform your duties quickly and quietly, and then return to the cellar to await additional orders. You will be compensated with leftover food and libations upon the departure of the final guests and the completion of your clean-up duties. Failure to comply will result in the removal from the premises empty-handed. Remember that it is your privilege to be permitted onto these grounds. Know your place and behave accordingly. You're a cellar dweller. <laughs> She's a cellar dweller. <laughs> yes, and as you're reading this, Fred is also reading it over and over and over again to like fuel her hate fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord Prospero is a tad uh, racist no. and classist. Um, is I it think in England. What? In I know. Shocking. Especially that letter. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So you're rereading these instructions. Is there anything else you would like to do before you head over to Chateau Prospero? Um, I would like to um, try to... My guy. Well, it's going away. Um, I would like to um, maybe try to disguise my spear as like a broom with some of like the hay from my mattress. Okay. So I can try to just keep it even just outside the door in case there's any, in case anyone comes at me. Okay. Um, roll me. I can't use any of my spells without, most of my spells without my weapon. Like I can't divine smite with my fist. With cold therapy. Oh, also she's a paladin. Yes. A vengeance. Um, let's <laughs> say... I feel like there should be a dexterity check of some kind, so maybe sleight of hand? That's what I would say. Okay. I would agree with that one. Um, I am going to have you roll with disadvantage, though, because you're <laughs> trying to conceal a weapon. Ooh, okay, that, that was a journey that dice just took. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that die just took. Uh, disadvantage. I know, it's oh. 16. Four. Oh, no. Nine. <laughs> Okay, nine. so nine. Oh. So I'll say you you put so the hay on the tip of the spear to try to conceal it. Um, 
You don't really have, because your bed is made of sacks of flour for the most part, you're oh. kind of collecting hay, like strands of straw that like are kind of tucked in the floorboards or like, we'll say that the, the apartment had a thatched roof. And so from the hole <laughs> in the roof, you go and just kind of yank some of the thatching out. Um, so it's a little sparse. Um, you manage to conceal like... We'll say 75% of the tip, but you see like little glints of metal if you look at it a little too closely. Um, Fran will try to hold it normally and then just give like the most like fuck off look at her face that she can to practice in case people <laughs> ask her about her clearly sphere. Perfect. It doesn't require a lot of practice, we'll say. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just her face. Is there anything else that you want to do? Um... I was just going to say we were doing so much better with, like, our dice fiddling in. That's okay. Uh, is there anything else that Fran wants to do? Um, I would say she's going to try to make her wig look presentable. So she does have, like, a bob of a wig from, like, that she stole from a barber. So, like, with the hair she stole from a barber. And, like, the hair was pretty nice. It was There was a basket of hair outside of a barber shop in her session zero that she stole. Um, and the hair's pretty nice. It's enough to make, like, a shoulder-length bob. Um, when she sewed the hairline, that came out a little bit janky, but, um, it's, it's passable. So you want to, you want to try to like spruce that up a little bit? She's just going to kind of put it on and then like try to run her fingers through it and like using like a cracked piece of like glass that she has or like a, like the pot, her cooking pot that she's buffed up a little bit. Yeah. Just try to look at herself. Like a little bit of a dull reflection that yeah. you can see. Just to make sure it's like as straight as possible. And then she's going to put on her dress that she made yep. with the pants. So you basically see her in this pale, heavily scarred woman with black bloodshot eyes, um, deep circles around your eyes, um, in a brown wig. And <laughs> looking looking about as presentable, you're not hiding the fact that you're undead by any means, she, but... She's going to look at herself in the mirror and go, ooh, and then she's going to cover her back <laughs> over the dirt. <laughs> would he not want you to interact with guests i know right a little bit i would delight <laughs> a little bit of the mia thermopolis like this is as good as it's gonna get <laughs> she doesn't make all the the boy moose go huh no <laughs> not at all she's not a very cute moose she's not a cute <laughs> so once you're a little bit more dolled up it'll it'll make people like not cross to the other side of the street when they walk past you. They might do a double take once they look a little more closely at you, but like it'll make it easier to travel okay. to the location. Um, so you head out. Um, it's a good length walk, but not like undoable. Um, so you arrive at the back servant's entrance of the Chateau Prospero. Here you see a short line of about eight to ten people who are clearly there to work the event along with you. Uh, you recognize a few faces from your neighborhood um, and from the soup kitchen that you frequent. All are dressed in relatively plain and neutral toned clothes, but you can see that many of them have made an effort to wear some of their nicest or at least minimally torn and worn out clothes. Um, there are stairs that go up and down at this entrance and a maid stands on the ascending staircase, ushering people toward the descending one, um, which leads into the cellar. And as you enter and walk down into the cellar, you see Lord Prospero standing on a wide pedestal at the far end of the room, his mouth a tight line cutting across his stern face, 
as he surveys the small crowd gathering around him. He makes eye contact with you and is unable to conceal the disgust that flashes across his features for a brief moment before he looks. All right, as Lord Prospero looks at our friend, just gonna look at him. And she's gonna like make a wide smile and all her teeth that are cracked and broken and yellow and she's gonna stare at him. She's not gonna blink because she does not have to blink. She's just gonna stare unblinkingly. So he already had disgust on his face, but he just like fully scowls and you kind of hear him across the room going, and he looks away um, and promptly claps his hands twice and says, your attention, please. And so everybody that's like kind of still making their way in uh, gathers around him. And he says, now this had better be the only time we interact directly. I have made my expectations quite clear and any questions you may have shall be directed toward my servants from here on out. We will be dividing you into three groups, food preppers, ware collectors, and dishwashers. Once again, you are to complete your duties quickly and quietly. And if you are to be seen by guests of the ball, uh, if I catch any sight of you this evening, I will personally see to it that you do not have an opportunity to work in a place like this ever again. Are we understood? And he just kind of looks, he looks around the room, but he like looks right at you again. All right. And so there's just kind of like general nods and like mumbles of affirmation. Um, and so he steps down, doesn't even look at you guys again and just walks out. And so that's when like the maid comes forward. Um, you were standing kind of in the center of this group of like 10 people or so. Um, and she comes up and she's like, all right, you, and gestures to the people on the left, you are the food preppers, the center column that you're part of. She says, you are wares collectors. And then the third group next to you, um, she assigns to dishwashers. So you will be um, responsible for collecting dirty dishes, basically. Um, oh, she's going to eat the shit out of everything on those plates. Which... She's going to scarf it down like a waitress. <laughs> it is the job that requires the most amount of stealth. Um, I don't think that would have been what Lord Prospero would have wanted you to be doing. I think he would have wanted you. Um, Madam DM. Yeah. Um, technically, I have heavy armor. Um, or I have chain mail, um, so I get disadvantage on all stealth rolls. Excellent. <laughs> Too bad. Okay. I just wanted to let you know I have disadvantage yes. on all stealth rolls because I want to be honest and chain mail is loud. That is, that is good to know. Um, I mean, you can... Take it off. I'm good. If you, okay. No, I'm good. Okay. I'd rather not get food than be in danger. That's very fair. That and friend would as well. Yes. I'm going to blanket. Okay. Oh, I should have said Fran uses she they pronouns, but because they and specifically the the collective the, the, the plural, plural they the plural there's okay. So you are uh, kind of ushered uh, back up the stairs. And you see, once you get up the ascending staircase um, at that back entrance, that it leads into, um, there's like an antechamber basically before you reach the ballroom. So it's like a back room um, where like the dishes will be collected. Um, and that can kind of be where you guys are on standby um, to collect dishes and such. So the maid is going to have you uh, come through there. She's just going to explain like, these are the certain areas where um, you're going to place the dishes and then we'll send somebody up from dishwashing um, 
to collect those, but your main job is going to be um, to look through the peephole in the door that leads into the ballroom uh, and assess the ideal times to kind of sneak out and grab dishes and glasses from the tables that are empty or discarded, whatever. Um, and there, there are going to be people that are, like, working in the ballroom, but they're, like, the servants of Chateau Prospero. Like, you guys are really, truly meant to be on the scene. Um, so they'll be piling the dishes, like, right outside of that antechamber. Um, so it's going to be your job to just, like, sneak out and grab it and then bring it back in. Um, do you have any questions for the maid as you're getting instructed? You're on a team of, like, three or four other people. Um, I have two questions. Yes. Um, my first is going to be, can I hear the music? Um. It, like, are the performers warming up or anything? Yeah, we'll say that the, the string quartet, um, because it's early evening, they're already there and they're tuning their instruments and they're they're just like kind of quietly running through a couple of the songs that they're going to play. Okay, her foot is tapping to the beat the whole time. Okay. Like itching. Yeah. <laughs> itching to dance. Mm -hmm. Um But I guess my other question is, can I get like a vibe check on how this woman feels about her master? She um yeah, roll me an insight check. We'll just say it's flat. Oh, baby! 18. I get a plus seven. Okay. Um, she is uh, some kind of hobgoblin. Um, so... So not a fan of him? Not a huge fan of him. Um, enough of, like... Whatever she is mixed with makes her kind of, like, passable. Um, as far as, like, not being overtly different um, mm -hmm. in her appearance. Like, she's not going to draw a lot of eyes to her. Which is probably the only reason why she was able to get the job that she has, despite her race. Um, but you definitely, like noticed something in her countenance as she came up after Lord Prospero was done talking. Um, and she seemed bothered by the fact that he was so short and, like, did not even say thank you or, like, acknowledge people as he was walking out. She seemed a little bit ruffled by that. Um, I guess it's gonna go with what I came to mind. Um, so, she having kind of gotten this while the maid is still, like, in earshot, just be like, man, if that Lord Prospero was... Oh, I, I gotta get the accent down here, though. <laughs> if that Lord Prospero were the prize at the end of a race, I'd be running the other way. He's a fucking bastard, all right. <laughs> and she is trying to stifle a laugh, for sure. You, you just see, like, her mouth twitch a little bit, and she just turns around slowly, and you just hear her, like, breath out of her nose, basically. Um, not getting too close, Fran will walk, when she walks by her, just be like, thank you for treating us like people. And she'll just kind of, you, you see out of your peripheral that she nods and she's like, you're welcome. We are people. Um, and so you're all just kind of, <laughs> not you, um, you're all just kind of bustling around that antechamber and, um, within probably like half an hour of you getting there, you start to hear a rise of 
noise in the other room as kitchen staff and full-time servants of the Prosperos um, start to bring out food and drinks onto the tables um, and the guests start to arrive. Um, so really you're just going to be camped out in that antechamber for a lot of this. It's it's like a bigger room than you think. It's not like a broom closet or anything, but um, a lot of your job is going to be just like being on standby and like keeping a lookout with your team. Um, so you all arrive, the other three of you, kind of staggered at the Chateau Prospero. Masquerade! Um, <laughs> and you exit your carriages and hand your scrolls to uh, some of the butlers that are like ushering people in through the doors. Um, as you enter the main foyer, it's it's beautiful and like very extravagant and ornately decorated. And there is a long table with masks made of silver and gold. Um, so they provided them. Yes. So you can pick a mask that kind of correlates with whatever accessories you have. So like the two of you have more silver accessories. You have the gold knot bones in your hair. Um, perfect. And I brought these really shitty uh, plastic masks uh, from Amazon that I <laughs> <laughs> let them choose. We'll, we'll post a picture on the Instagram or... Maybe maybe we'll give out some masks on the Patreon or something, oh, so you can cool. yeah. you can wear a mask right along Woo! with us as you listen. Um, but can't wear it. That's so uncomfortable. No, yes, it's there. Kind of. I awful. have to wear mine. Yes, please do if you would like. Sure. Um, For now. So you all pick up masks as you walk in. Uh, Petunia, you are ushered in by your father. He picks up a silver mask. Um, and Adelaide and Andrew. Andrew very begrudgingly picks up a mask. He does not want to be wearing this, but he picks up a silver mask. Um, Adelaide also picks up a silver mask. And uh, Alice picks up a gold mask. So you're all walking in. Um, as you enter the ballroom, you're overcome with a near palpable wave of sounds and smells. The lively introductory waltz being played by the string quartet at the edge of the gleaming parquet floor merges in the air with the pleasant chattering of guests mingling throughout the room. Um, against the length of one wall, you see ornately clothed banquet tables loaded with a wide variety of delicious-looking meats, puddings and pies, potatoes and vegetables, breads and pastries and cakes and cream puffs, uh, rows upon rows of neatly arranged champagne flutes and wine glasses brimming with delicious beverages. Um, so you really, like, once you're in the ballroom, you're kind of free to do whatever you'd like before the ball officially begins. Um, would anybody like to go first? I am going to go right for the sweets table. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and your father has the same instinct. Um <laughs> He just, like, kind of nudges you a little bit and is just like, slowly, we don't want to look too eager. Um, <laughs> right, right. So you just kind of, like, fly your way over to that table. Um, and he's going for the cake right mm -hmm. away. Cream puff. Yes. <laughs> and it, it's, like, some of the most delectable treats you've ever had in your life. Um, didn't I tell you? Oh, the cream puff. Okay, I'm gonna try one of those next. Um, so you guys camp out by uh, 
the dessert table, as I also would. Um, Victoria or Anna Maria, what would you like to start with? I'll, I'll go for next, because I feel like mine probably will not be a lot. I would say I, or Victoria, will probably go grab one champagne flute to mm-hmm. get through this. Begrudgingly eyeball Alice as she grabs a champagne flute. Oh, she grabs two. Oh, yeah. She's double fisting. And I'll just, <laughs> you know, I don't grab one, but I take the other one out of Alice's hand and I just look at her. She rolls her eyes at you. At least just finish one. I need the liquid courage. All right? Drink it. Put it back. Get another. Just don't have two. No fun. You're no fun sometimes. You know that? Yeah, well, daddy's death does that. You know, you could take it and be a little more exciting with your life. You could take that grief and run with it. That's what I do. Excitement gets you killed. And I just kind of like walk by. Like she's still, do we have guards with us? Would we have anyone? Probably. Um, maybe like one, one that one like guy. rode with you in the carriage. Yeah, it's kind of just like a bow. Just like really an, un, yeah, like a very nondescript. He's mm-hmm. dressed for the ball, but definitely like, Kind of just lingers on the outskirts. Jojo. Yes, Jojo gives you your space, um, but he is feels pretty safe. We're there, but yeah, yes. he's there. Um, and Alice says, "You know what else gets you killed is taking a wine glass from your sister." <laughs> Good thing it's a champagne flute. She just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> you uncultured swine. Uncultured swine. <laughs> So she's, she's just, just kind of eyeballing everything, half keeping an eye on Alice, like as she's going. But she is like letting her have fun. She yeah. knows, but like because a- as just soon kind as you as soon as you walk away, too, um, Alice kind of starts making eyes with uh, like a half elven guy that's across the room, and like just just enjoying her champagne. Oh, but it's definitely like she she knows what she likes, and she's okay. sad. We love a confident lady. <laughs> oh, confident no one 16 more. Year old. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, she's um, 16. She ain't going nowhere. Anna Maria, what would you like to do first? Okay, so presumably my knowledge of um, Bridgerton. Through <laughs> <laughs> only movies. Only movies and... Yeah. Which absolutely should be your guiding point for oh. this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I try to... <laughs> um, but presumably... I'm going to find uh, the <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll find my Mr. Darcy. Um, but presumably, my brother probably has to escort me and my sister into the ballroom, and so we're probably linked arms. Um, I'm assuming that immediately that we walk in linked arms. Uh, I kind of envision my brother, kind of you know, scurrying to the side, maybe going to get himself a champagne glass, something <laughs> away. Like immediately, you know. I mean, you can as the DM. Yes. No. That oh, I, I feel finish. like that is. An appropriate choice for yes. your brother to make. And, you know, I'll probably call after him, like, oh, don't be too long now, come on. Oh, get me a glass. <clears throat> um, so I will, you know, arm in with Adelaide and mm-hmm. say, all right, so we have entered the lion's den. Do you see anything of interest as we walk by? Who are you talking to? Adelaide. Adelaide. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking to me. <laughs> She's, her breathing's a little bit shallow as she walks in and she's, not yet. 
Oh, well, from what I remember, mother saying, mama saying, um, <laughs> in, <laughs> you mama, mama, yeah. um, what I what I do remember her saying is that it's the air of confidence that brings and lures in the gentleman. Even though I will say most of these gentlemen don't seem to be the most auspicious. Is that the word I want? Sure. What does auspicious mean, DM? Hey, walking dictionary. I think it means like lucky or like it's like a sign. Uh, Opulent? Conducive to success or favorable. Okay. Prosperous. Yeah. Sure. You're right. Okay. You you remind me so much right now, and I'm so sorry if I'm going to ruin this. You, just the way you're speaking, not the accent, Nigel Thornberry. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! It's It's like so sweet, but like. It's not at all the way you sound, but it's like the cadence the and like the tone. I'm just picturing Joanna with the red mustache. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I am Nigel Thornberry. Yes. Just the way you're speaking. Oh no. Sorry. <laughs> I also feels like it's the good intentions with like just the weird way of going about it. Yes. And, um, you know, all right. So what we're going to do now, see now I'm envisioning my same thing as <laughs> Safari. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was a lovely tiger. <laughs> I think no. it's not, it's not how he talks. That's that almost like Miranda sings. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. All right, so here's what I think we should do. She's yeah. hanging under your every word, too. <laughs> I think we should promenade again past that uh, uh, group of group of of gentlemen in the overcoats over there. Um, I, I do see a couple of I think possibly your age. I'm not quite sure. Um, and as we float by, I want you to just quickly blink and wink, you know. <laughs> Get them coming. Is this like the turn about the room in yes. Pride and Prejudice? Uh-huh. Like you're just picturing that where they're like talking and they yes. know he's talking. Okay. She like goes so stiff at <laughs> you at you mentioning a group of men specifically and like identifying them. And she like Starts moving slower, like, like dragging her feet a little bit and just shaking her head and being like, I don't think I can do this. Um, and presumably, I know that there's like, uh, obviously the the wait staff. Are they carrying trays of anything? Yeah, they're. I mean, like they're. I don't think they're like milling about the room quite as much as people, but they're like stationed in particular areas right. around the room. We're gonna walk past the champagne table. I'm gonna grab her booth and I'm gonna say, "Drink this. It will help you." Okay. And as you are walking past the champagne table, it's around the same time that you're walking away from Alice, oh, and God. you two know each other. I I tried to talk to her. You you guys know each other as like acquaintances. Like your your parents, mm. you know your parents had business dealings together in previous years, um, so you've you've crossed paths before. Did you burn down her house? <laughs> <laughs> Victoria oh. did not burn down her house. Did her family, or did her family count Olaf's house? <laughs> did oh. her family count Olaf's house? Oh, Miss Hemlock. Very nice to see you, and I can't see. Mm. Miss Dashwood. I just did like the nod. Of course, you know my sister, um, Adeline. Adeline. Oh, okay. Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> She's okay. <laughs> I know. Clearly. Well, I might ask you if you're talking to Adelaide. Adelaide. Is that her name? Adelaide. 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 Adelaide.
Emily. So she's just gonna give Adeline. Adeline. What am I thinking? H of Adeline. Adeline. She's gonna keep switching it up on me. Adeline, so lovely to see you out and about. Mm. Welcome to society. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, she is quite nervous. I hear your, your younger sister is out as well. She's about. I'm oh. just not even trying to look because I know she's off doing something. Oh yeah, no, she's so she's made her way over to that guy. She oh, yeah. is double fisting champagne. <laughs> That's why I'm just like I'm not even looking. Ah, oh, well. You have a radish on your Christmas tree. It's a beet. It's a beet. She loves beets. I got that beet. Bridget got me the beet. <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I hope that uh, our paths will cross tonight, but I, I assume that you will be laden with all the gentlemen being you're so fair and well-adjusted in society. I would assume as well. Mm. Mm. All right, well... Meanwhile, Petunia's just hossing on some cream puffs right now, they're dead. <laughs> it's so passive-aggressively. You see, oh, you wait, see wait. a couple of girls that look around, like, around your age, um, having a very stiff conversation near you. Oh, I forgot she's, like, my sister's age. It's so not good. Oh, so you're, like, by us? Um, I'm... I she's in the general... Like you're like, all, like, around the food okay. and drink I think, area. I think I'm gonna head over to the bubbly and get myself a glass, maybe see what those two are up to. Maybe make some connections. You're gonna try to make friends? Mm. Yes. That's great! <laughs> That's great, kiddo. That's my mom, I swear to God. <laughs> you're gonna talk to people? I have friends. Oh, I know, but... Men. These are ladies of higher society. It, it would be good for you to interact with your peers a little more in this kind of setting. I'm not classist, daddy. Oh, that, that's good. I, I'm i not either. Daddy? Daddy? I'm going to go. Why did we all call our fathers daddies? Is this daddy issues? <laughs> Anyways, I think it's because we're all apparently very posh women. I guess you think that's posh, yeah. Well, daddy. daddy. <sighs> so you kind of flit away toward these other two. He's got a ton of cream in his mustache from the cream puff, and he's just waving excitedly as I just leave you a go. trail of glitter in my wake. <laughs> Can Fran see the table with all the snacks? Yes, if you look through the people, so basically, like, that door is here and then this wall like that the door is on is where like the little places where people are putting their dishes are and then the wall that's like perpendicular to that is the food wall so you would have to like venture out a little bit to to get the food if that's your objective no she just at first she's just like salivating over all the sweets and then she sees this man like aggressively waving at his daughter so proudly with like stuff in his beard and she's like she wants to protect him. Yeah. Protect him. <laughs> the only good one. Protect I wasn't this sure sound was gonna go. Yeah. She's I not even going after my dad. No. It'd be mommy. <gasps> oh! <laughs> you would be too mommy. happy about that. Mommy! <gasps> Glenn and Fran. Glenn and Fran. She's so, so tall, it would not go well. <laughs> oh my god, that would be beautiful. That's perfect. That's what you need. So, Petunia, you fly over to join uh, Victoria what? and Anna Maria. Roll me a uh, would we a know perception her? check. No, 
Okay. No. She, this is her first year out. <laughs> but wait, would we know the family when she says the name? You would know the name. Name. Um, but they're <laughs> newer money. Okay. Net 20. <gasps> Net 20. Ooh. You can read between the lines two. and... Oh, okay. You can read between the lines and you see these two do not care for each other. <laughs> it is It is quite a strained conversation that's happening. So maybe as you get a little bit closer, you're just like, ooh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I like this vibe. Oh, hello there. Hello. And you are? I'm Petunia Meadows. Oh, nice to meet you, Petunia. My name is Anna Maria Dashwood. You can call me Toon, though. Toon? Oh, oh yes. Very cute name. Um, this is my sister Adelaide. Adeline! Adelaide! What? I don't know. I don't know you're right. What's her name? Adelaide. <laughs> who are you? I don't know who you are. This is my sister Adelaide. Um, hello. I've never seen her before. Oh, is this your first time in society? It is. Oh, it's hers, too. Really? Yes. Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> Throws you she out just, there. She just immediately freezes and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm really nervous to be here. It's okay. Have you tried the cream puffs? <laughs> no, are they good? They are delicious. And she's she's just it's like not even going to say anything else. She's just going to go straight to. Go to the little pixie man. He'll help you. Okay. And... Oh! So she she goes over and she just like you see her kind of like stiffly and nervously nod to your dad and he immediately starts talking her ear off. So excited and like he when she's turned and she's grabbing a cream puff, he like points to her and like gives a big thumbs up like new friend. Oh well. I hope that your uh, outlook on this evening is a lot more bright than my sister's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no answer to that. Yeah. Do you see any gentlemen callers that you're looking for? I'm more interested in food, but uh, yes, the food is is seemingly delicious, as my sister so begrudgingly is stuffing her face. As you look back over, uh, Alice has made her way back over there and she's grabbing two more glasses. Oh, uh, she's also going to stick one in the cleavage of her dress um, and walk back over to that guy and he's going to take it out. Oh. Oh. Let me, I'll also note that the ball has not started mm-hmm. officially yet. <laughs> I, I see that's your, your sister. Yeah. <laughs> she's quite parched, isn't she? <laughs> Well, at least we have a house, though. And I just want to... At that time, you hear the little ding, ding, ding of metal against glass cut through the din of music and chatter. Um, don't you... come for me, bitch. I'm, sh- I'm in shock. Or my family. I can't wow. Even say. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I mean, don't come for my family. Uh, you you look toward the center of the room and you see a beautiful, elegantly dressed elven woman and a thin-lipped human man standing on the dance floor waiting for everyone's attention. Um, Are these the Prosperos? Yes. Is human? No, thin-lipped, not... he. No, Lord, Lord Prospero. Prospero is human? Yes. Oh. Yeah, he's human and he's married to a uh, French elven woman. Mm. Uh, once the sound dies down, the woman speaks, and I'll just assume that you're at the peephole and you all kind of have your ears to the door trying to, to listen in. And she says... Bonsoir, monsieur and mademoiselles. It is with great pleasure that we welcome you to our humble abode. While you are here, please make yourselves at home. 
eat, drink, dance, fall in love. <laughs> However, you will most enjoy your time. That is how you should spend this evening. A votre santé. And she like holds up her glass and everybody kind of toasts along with her. Um, and Lord Prospero like does not smile. He, he does not have like a pleasant countenance whatsoever, but he just turns to the string quartet and claps and they begin playing the first dance. Um, and so for any of you that would like to participate in this first dance, um, you can roll a luck check okay. to see who might approach you. Um, actually roll first to see what order we'll go in as far as like. Okay. Who's dancing? Yes. I got a 12. 12? I got a 17. 17. Oh, oh shit. All right, one more time. We'll leave. Four. I got a 17. Eight. Oh. Okay, so Anna Maria, you go first, and I will have you roll a luck check. A luck check? Yes. 18. Mm. Okay. Um. So where are you standing? Um. I think... Currently, I mean, she just rocked your shit. I know. I'm, I'm very flabbergasted. I'm <laughs> do a little talk, <laughs> and I uh, walk over to my sister Eddie. Um, it, it, the dancing seems to be starting. Let's go with my brother and see if we can uh, get, you know, introductions. And so we're gonna walk over to Andrew. Can I please go get another cream puff first? Uh, no, uh, darling. How about this? If you promise me one dance, you can have two cream puffs after that. She's She's actively going to pull against you a little bit. Uh, oh, there's our brother. We can't keep him waiting, and I'm going to hurry her on. Um, and as you're kind of yanking her a little bit, you bump into uh, a tall human man, um, and he's got two champagne glasses in his hands, and it kind of like... The force of you bumping into him kind of sloshes it against his suit a little bit. Oh, I'm so sorry, sir. Please watch where you're going. I, I apologize, but um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't are you aware of your surroundings? <gasps> yes, I very much am. Thank you. Are you aware that that? tie doesn't match with your coat and I walk off. <laughs> <laughs> if his name is Fitzgerald, I'm gonna lose my shit. Fitzwilliam. Fitzwilliam, thank you. His name is Damien. Um, so deceased over here. Yeah. So you stormed away, but you can feel his eyes burning into your back <gasps> as you walk away. So you do not have a dance partner this first round. But you walk back over to Andrew, and you definitely feel the heat rising in your cheeks a little bit. Because he was very handsome. Yes. But <laughs> quite rude. Very conflicted. Andrew, um, I must say, the company that is kept at this lovely home of Prospero is quite... Hmm. Anyway, what are you up to? I see you've met Damien Sharp. Uh, oh. The tall, gangly man of no concern to me? Yes, I have met him. The man Briefly. you just bumped into and, and what spilled champagne on? And what of it? He's actually someone that would be worth you talking to Why? more. Why? I, I don't see it at all. Thank you very much. He looks like a grumpy old man. <clears throat> He's 
he would be a suitable match for you. Oh. I, at the very least, I think it's worth making amends. Amends? For what? Maybe it was an bring, accident. Maybe bring him over a glass of champagne later and apologize. So, oh, that you're, now my, so that you're of good my standing. My broody brother is giving me advice about how to pick up gentlemen. Why don't I, I say as you haven't I yet said? Apparently, I'm nothing more than a monkey to you, but I do happen to know a thing or two, and my priority is finding suitable matches for you and Adelaide. And that's a potential one, so at the very least, I would like for you to make an effort to make well, amends. Why with not him. Adelaide? She can have him. I'm sorry, I he's much wrong. He's much too old for her. <laughs> oh. Well, still. Why don't Victoria Henlock get him? I'm sure she. Victoria Henlock's like... engaged to Thomas Nightshade. <laughs> so they say. I wouldn't treat her as competition. I would keep your eye on the prospects that are single. And again, and... My priority tonight is Adelaide. Your priority is to go dance with that woman over there. And I point to. A, I don't know, el another elven woman. And he kind of stiffens in the same way that Adelaide did before. Um, and it, actually, he, if you are so insistent that I go and talk to this man-child, Damien Sharp, I insist that you go talk to Victoria Hemlock. That would be unsuitable, sister. She is engaged oh. already. Oh, is she? It's improper to break up an engagement actively. Uh, what's what's I, wrong? <laughs> what is wrong? What is, what is wrong with uh, with dancing with a, a young lady? I have some consequence. I will go talk to the elven woman across the room if you go and talk to Mr. Sharp and apologize for your behavior. I'd rather go talk to the fairy man over there eating the cream puffs. <gasps> Daddy? Daddy? Papa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you, you and your brother continue to bicker. Um, Adelaide has made her way back to get a cream puff no! while, while you two were distracted. <sighs> she feels very comfortable with Glenn. Not in a romantic way, because oh, she is 16 and she he's a grown-ass man. He, exactly. She doesn't oh, have a father, yeah. and he's very paternal. Oh. Um, okay, wait. What did you each roll for? Um, I had 12. I technically had an 8 the second time, but we had tied. Okay, so we'll go with you next. Okay. Um, I'll have you roll a luck check. <coughs> we'll say we're on the second dance, and you have sat out this first one. Five. <laughs> It's Felix. Shut up. <laughs> um, so you see. Um, I feel like that could technically go either way for her luck, though. You see a high elf man um, who you actually saw from across the room has a twin brother. Um, so one of them approaches you and he... Uh, they are the Castamere twins. Um, they are actually uh, cousins of Lady Prospero. Um, so you know that they are younger elven men. Um, they've come back from touring the continent, and they are living with the Prosperos in Chateau Prospero mm -hmm. at this time, um, as they kind of 
further establish themselves within high society. Um, and so I, I don't think you see him approaching, but you feel somebody come up behind you and a, like a towering figure and you hear someone say, well, well, who is this delicious young lady? <laughs> You are a hemlock, are you not? You are nobody, are you not? <laughs> How dare you say that to me? Do you know who I am? No. I am and Fifth I think... Wheel Castamere. What? Fifth Wheel. <laughs> fifth Wheel? The, the, fifth, the Fifth Wheel? It's Fifth Wheel and Fifth Way in Castamere. <gasps> oh, no. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Darling, I would not speak... So, out of turn, mm. I am technically one of the hosts here, and it would be your privilege to get to dance with me. And he just holds out his hand to you, expecting you to take it. You know who needs a hug? <laughs> Across the way, Anne-Marie Dashwood, old money, lovely, lovely girl. Sisters, Old money, well. but not enough money. Ooh. You are not well liked. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I wouldn't associate myself with halflings. <laughs> that was such a good look. I'm trying to figure out who you're getting it from. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I don't know. And you, you just hear him go, like, oh, from behind you. And, like, I shocked that you were thrilled to get to dance with him. I grab another champagne flute and I, like, sneak out. There's got to be, like, side balcony doors. I, like, sneak out side balcony doors and just sit sit in the corner and smoke a cigarette. Fuck. Alice is already Shit. out there with the guy that she was, like, macking on earlier. Like, she's fully straddled him and, like, oh was, make, was making Let's. out with him. Alice! What? I don't see you getting this kind of action. <laughs> Who's that you were just talking to out there? Nobody of importance, trust me, my dear. Mm-hmm. My dear, I do not give two shits what you really do. Just not in public. I'm on the balcony. I just came out on the balcony. Anyone can come out from the fucking balcony. You have to marry this man. Do you want to marry this man? Yes. Oh. That's why you do it out in public. And the guy just like, he's like... <laughs> just <laughs> terrified at the prospect of marriage. Why don't you go get a cream puff or something? I'm trying to get cream puffed if you <gasps> if you catch my drift. And the guy's like, okay, and just like <laughs> lifts her up <laughs> and just like blusters out of the balcony area. Now do you see what you did? You could have had to marry that man. If someone else saw you, you would have had to marry them. You know what? You're right. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Fuck and get cream puffed where whoever you want. Just do it in the privacy of another room of another house. Leave with them. <laughs> Are you new here? Yes. I know how this. It's my first time well, here. What? Well, stop acting like a know-it-all and ask. I don't see you trying to have as much fun as I've had so far. Doesn't mean I haven't. Life changes. Have you you had fun so far tonight? No. (laughs) 
Dashwood's coming up to me for godforsaken reason. I have fucking trumpled fifth wheel trying to talk to me and does apparently acts like they know who I am, does not know who I am. The only saving grace so far is Thomas is somehow not here. As you say that, he pokes his head out. There you are. Ooh, fuck you. <laughs> is that really how you are going to talk to your fiance? She just like slams the champagne flute, chucks it off the side of the balcony, and walks back in. And just Alice fully just, ignores him. Alice kind of wiggles her eyebrows at you, and she's like, "That's more like it." And he follows you back in. Thomas Nightshade is a very attractive <laughs> tiefling man. Um, and boy. Boy. Um, How old no, is he? He's a man. Like oh. 25. No, he's an adult. Oh, okay. I think he's a child. I've known him forever. He's a child. It, it is an engagement um, from a business standpoint. Ah. It is not a love match. Clearly. Well, on one side. Um, but as you try to, like, storm away, he's gonna grab your hand without a word and pull you onto the dance floor. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> we'd love a man in charge. So, dance, <laughs> so dance number two, you can begrudgingly add Thomas Nightshade to your list. Oh. Um, I knew it was gonna happen. We will move over to Petunia. Uh, roll me a luck check. Seventeen. Damn okay. it! <laughs> Um, I'm so excited for Petunias. So where did you go? You were talking to them and then I was like, over by <laughs> the bench. I was over by the bubbly. Okay. So you are drinking a glass of champagne. After everybody stormed off. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a man in his late 30s, we'll say, um, who... Like, he's undead, which surprises you that someone who is undead would be Ooh. at an event like this. Um, because the undead are generally considered to be the lowest tier of the set. <laughs> Bless you. you pointed yeah. at me. You're, you're also undead. I'm saying the oh, undead wait, sorry, are... Wait, over though. I ceased. Okay. Um, at the undead are... Yeah, he, he is undead, which surprises you, um because undead are generally considered to be the lowest tier of society. I didn't like that you pointed at me. <laughs> well, don't be undead. Don't be undead. Um, I'm working on it. <laughs> but he is very nicely dressed. Um, you, I mean, you guys haven't seen Fran yet, but like not visibly scarred. Um, and has like slicked back hair, thin mustache. Um, and he comes up and grabs a glass of champagne and just kind of like p positions himself next to you and just, hello. Hi, how are you? Very good. Is this your first event like this? Yeah. Have you, how are you feeling about it so far? It's been interesting. I, I don't know. People. <laughs> I'd be honest, I don't know how to navigate these kinds of events. I tend to position myself in areas like this so I don't have to really talk to people. They don't tend to be kind as, as you would 
assume, based on my appearance. I don't understand. That's so rude. It's fascinating. Really? Tell me more about you. <laughs> my name is Peter. Oh. Zusek. Uh, I am a mortician. Uh, I am a mortician to the people of high society, and that is why I was invited. I'm not particularly treated very well or liked, but I want to be a mortician. <laughs> really? Mm, yes. I would never have guessed that based purely on your appearance. You Was it the sparkle? If you don't mind my saying, you do give off a little bit of a fairy princess energy. Blame my father. Mm-hmm. Would you like to dance with me? How old is this man? It's late 30s. He's not, he, like... It's the, yeah, but he, still, in general. He then says, like, I'm, I'm really not trying to hit on you per se i am i it's just i don't often make friends at this kind of event and it seems like we have something in common i would love to hear more about your your job so you hit the dance floor with peter and you talk about the art of mortistry i'm being a mortician Um, Z-U-S-A-K. It actually is the person who Rosie Meadowbrook gave you a business card for. Z-U-S-A-K. So did we all sit out of the first dance, basically? Yes. So this was the second dance. You were bickering with your brother the whole time. (laughs) So I haven't danced in the second one either. You have not danced (laughs) at all yet. Um, No dance for me. (laughs) And before we get to another dance... um, we will go over to Fran because we're about a quarter of the way into. Right, two hours, by the way. Okay. Um, Which, like I said, we can always just pause it here, make a fake ending. And we're just keep we're going. getting close to whatever where yeah. we're getting close to where I was I was thinking we would cut it off. So we'll have we're about a quarter of the way into the ball, um, and so there's a little bit of like dishes and glasses that have started to pile up. Um, so Fran, I'm going to have you, uh, roll three self-checks, um, but we will do them in ascending DCs. So the first one will be relatively easy. We'll do a DC five stealth check. Okay. Well, I have to roll disadvantage. Yes, you do. Okay. 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 It's okay. It's okay. A four. (laughs) Okay. I got a 16, which was an 18, and a 2, which is a 4. Okay. Um, so, you look through the peephole, and you see uh, that there's nobody really around. Um, so you seize that as the opportunity to go out. Um, and you pick up a pile of plates. Um, and as you reach the doorway again... Um, you kind of lose your grip for a second and it makes a little bit of like a clanking sound. Um, and you look behind you. Nobody has heard you or seen you. And But as you come back into um, 
the like antechamber, the maid is standing there and she's just kind of staring at you. <laughs> Remember the before joke times? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not the echo. <laughs> and Remember the boat times? <laughs> she just kind of shakes her head and she's like, this is your only warning. My, I can't have my job on the line either. Understandable. So, right. roll me a DC 10. Spell <laughs> check. Oh, oh, so close to being bad. All my first rolls are good. Okay, okay. Uh, 19. Okay, so. All right, all right. So, there was, like, a little further out, there was another stand of more plates and dishes and glasses and so you grab like a full serving tray of them this time and you're able to get them back in uh with relative ease and when the, if the maid isn't there she's gonna just like scarf down some of the the leftovers the maid's not there mm-hmm. she she is just gonna trust that you're not gonna pull that shit again mm-hmm. um, it was an accident no i know <laughs> holy shit <laughs> yeah so feel free to scarf some of the food down there's like uh <laughs> Glenn went a little too hard on the cream puff, so there's like half a cream puff oh on my the plate. God. She's not had sugar in the two years that she's been. Oh, she's about to have some good sugar too. It's like the, the video of a baby having sugar for the first time. Like her pupils dilate <laughs> and she's like, Ugh. instant addiction. Uh, so, so <laughs> roll me a DC 15 <laughs> stealth Don't check. Don't fuck me. Dice. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Okay. So you go to the final stand. There are just like three on the wall. So it's the furthest one away. Um, And you grab more plates and dishes. Um, About halfway back to the door, um, they start to waver a little bit. And you think you might lose your grip on them. But you manage to catch them like just as uh, it's about to slip. So you make it back into the antechamber successfully. I will say she's ready to threaten anyone who sees her. Yes. Um, and you come back in and the maid is also eating a discarded cream puff. And she looks at you and just puts a finger to her lips. <laughs> <laughs> so we are on dance number three. Um, you have both been on the dance floor. Um, if you would like to continue to dance... Um, you are welcome to do so. If you would like to try to find a new partner, you're welcome to do so, or you can sit out this dance. She just leaves him. <laughs> She'll straight up just leave him as soon as it ends. He's gonna, he's gonna follow you. Oh, I know. Where have you been? Here. I don't mean here. I mean, for the past few weeks, where have you been? Here. <laughs> You're really not helpful. <clears throat> Darling, we have to make this work. <laughs> we can at least be friends, There's you and nothing I. nothing to make work. We're not engaged. That was father's idea. Tell that to my father. I would. Would you? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. You're, you're braver than I. I know. Can we please at least try to be amicable? (laughs) (laughs) 
I will give you your secret. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will give you your space for the remainder of the evening if that is truly what you wish. But can we at least try to make the best mm. of our circumstances? There are no circumstances. There are, though. There, half of the party that agreed to this is gone. We don't need to do The this. other half still exists. And if you want a positive relationship between our families to continue, we have to make this work. Do you want a war on your hands? Because you would be in charge of it. Now that your father is not here and your brother is missing, you would be responsible. I'm aware of that and that is part of the issue. I want to be responsible, not for war, but I don't need any, I keep going Irish a little bit. <laughs> and the, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I don't. Did you draw balls? <laughs> balls. It's an upside down heart. Oh. It's balls. Testicles. It's testicles. I don't need anyone there helping or assisting with these. I, I'm not trying to take work from you. I'm trying to make it easier for you to be able to do your work without my father getting in the way. I don't I'm re I really have your best interests at heart here. I'm trying to make this easier for you. Let me, let me, let me think for a while. All right. Actually, she actually stutters, which never happens. Yeah. <laughs> he, so he just kind of puts his hands up and goes to get another drink. She goes outside and smokes three cigarettes. <laughs> yep. Um, so then we'll move over to Petunia. Would you like to continue talking and dancing with Peter? Um, I think she is going to try to find another partner. Okay. Because she doesn't want any one to think anything like weird about their relationship, mm -hmm. especially since she wants to learn more about his profession. Yes. Um, so he is very gracious about that. Um, just kind of like it kisses your hand and says, like, I would very much like to continue to stay in touch. If you ever would like to come to the mortuary to learn, to shadow, I you are more than welcome to come. Seriously, I'm very glad to have made a friend. My, my cousin actually had given me your card. Rosie? Yes. Oh, Rosie, the delight. Mm -hmm. Great, great woman. She's a treasure. All right, well, that puts you in even better standing in my book. And so he just kind of waves and goes, you turn and your dad has been watching this whole time. And he looks a little confused to see you talking to this man that's like 20 years older than you and undead. But he's just like, I just gives a little, the double thumbs up. Just being quick like, wave. okay. If this is what you want. She's talking to somebody. Aww. Um, so roll me another luck check then. 18. Okay. Um, so. You are. Um, you are looking around the room and you make eye contact with a very curly-haired, freckled-faced pixie boy Aww. that is about 18, you would guess. Um, 
and he gives you just like a very sweet smile and kind of waves at you from across the room. Um, so you're welcome to go over to him. Sure, I give him a little wave and meander over. I'm not very good at this, but would you like to dance? Me either. Sure. <laughs> Um, she's giving, she's having the best luck tonight. I know, so, just like very quickly, uh, you and Robin Shirely. Ooh. Uh, I'm gonna need you to spell. Yes, Robin is R O B I N. I got that one. Shirely is S H I R E L E Y. Like the Shire. Meadow Shire. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> and so you spend your third dance with Robin, and kind of makes your heart go pitter-patter a little bit. He's just, like, very, very sweet. And also from an upper-middle-class family, you learn that he, uh, his family also invested in, like, industrial metals. So, similarly, new money. Um, and you catch your dad's eye, and he is, like, over the fucking moon. Um, and, like, vibrating because of the sugar and <laughs> his joy at seeing you with a pixie your age. Aww. So you have his approval, for sure. Um, Daddy. And you spend a very nice dance with Robin. Um, Anna Maria, so you have been bickering with your brother for yes. the first two dances. Would you like to roll another luck check? Yeah. Or would you like to go... Apologize to Damien Sharp. Eventually. <laughs> um, you know, alright, so I'm kinda I'm gonna end this kind of alright. We've been bickering for too long. I, I want to go and show Eddie that you can't spend the whole night by the cream puff table, so Where I guess it's Eddie? my job. What? Where is Eddie? By the cream puff oh, table. Yeah. Okay, yeah, she's yeah. still oh, she's, she's still in your dad. Okay, cool. stress eating. Alright, how about this? We both stop bickering and we both go out for a dance. Can we do that? I'm gonna go pull Addy onto the dance floor. All right, fair enough. Fair so enough. he he just like without another word goes over to the food table right. and I just grabs Adelaide and um, drags her onto the dance floor and like they're gonna dance okay. for this. Glenn do? Glenn's just still like he's <laughs> he's found a stool at this point. He needs he needs a little break from the cream puffs. All I'm picturing is um. Pride and Prejudice, the mom kicking her legs yes, on, like, the yes. table, like, like oh, And he's watching his daughter, table? from his perspective, find the love of her life, maybe. <sighs> and so he's just, like, kicking his little feet. Like, oh, so like, and he's, with other people. he's got his champagne glass, but he's small enough that he's, like, holding it in both hands. Oh, and just, like, <gasps> just so happy. <laughs> what is happiness? Oh, this what man. he has, this man, with cream puffs and watching your children fall in love. Are so different. <laughs> um, okay. okay, so I think my brother does that. <laughs> I'm going to be like looking through the dance floor to see if I might make eye contact with anyone. And obviously, I feel like throughout this, I do keep glancing over at Damien because you know he is very attractive, and you know there was some sort of weird tension between us. But you did also, roll quite high. Yes, I did. Um, but also, like, my brother, you know, saying all those things kind of in my head, you know, getting into my head, it's like, okay. And also, you know, I'm so I'm, I'm kind of looking at him, and what is he doing at this point? Can I make an insight check? Damien? Yes. Yeah, you can make an insight check. Oh. That I do this. 21. 
Damn, okay. Um, he has been, like, looking over at you as frequently as you've been looking over at him, but he thinks he's doing it in a way where you're not going to notice. Oh, poor dum Yeah. <laughs> so I'm probably going to, like, you know, scoff a little bit, because, like, I don't want to, like, show that anything entices me, and I'm going to be... At, at one point, when he catches your eye and sees you doing that, he starts to come over. Oh, God! I wanted to apologize. Did you shout, oh, God? <laughs> <laughs> if you do, Andrew looks over, like... <laughs> um, and then sees Damien and just is like... Oh, God. <laughs> and, and just, yeah, also like, oh, God. And then Misses just the turns... Step. Shows their siblings. He and Adelaide are, like, the stiffest dancers you've ever seen in your goddamn life. Just um, so awkward and... Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> So he comes over and says, I wanted to apologize. As you rightfully should. I was assuming you would also say that you were sorry for spilling champagne on my suit. By accident. You It still warrants an apology. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I wanted to apologize because I felt I was a little short and rude. Oh, and clearly you're doing much better. Yeah, and clearly you have impeccable manners for a woman of high society. Oh, you think I'm high society? <laughs> do, you, do you know where we are? <laughs> Excuse me. Do you me. understand the event oh. that you're at? Excuse me, what is your name, good sir? Damien Sharp. Hmm. And yours? I'm Anna Maria Dashwood. Dashwood. See, your brother is out on the dance floor. Yes, with our sister. And where have you been these past couple dances? Making connections with other gentlemen of the area. Oh, no ladies there. Trying to dry out my suit. Oh, I see. It wouldn't be proper for me to be soaking wet on the dance floor. Hmm. Oh, you don't know how to dance. That's very true. Um, well, <laughs> listen, Damien, I, I do apologize for getting your lovely overcoat a little wet. Um, but I have other, um, very impeccable men to speak to, so I bet you... Where are they? And I'm gonna roll luck check. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> um, a really... Nasty looking goblin is like grinning at you widely from across the room. <laughs> God. Um, well, huh, I, I have a prior engagement I must attend to. Uh, are you sure you would rather dance with him than with me, perhaps? As part of my apology, I would like to ask you to dance. You'd like to dance with me? Is that truly so hard to believe? <laughs> All right, but no falling in love with me after. No more spilling champagne on my suit. <laughs> All right. So, you two 
hit the dance floor. Amanda's distributor heart rate is so high right now. <laughs> she is feeling it. I have the passion. The sensibility <laughs> drama. I love it. I live for it. It's like 83 beats per minute sitting down, doing nothing. Not going like this. <laughs> Dramatically leaning. Grabbing your chair, grabbing this. So... The waltz is playing, and the waltz. Wow, is it the waltz? It yes, is. It is. Is it four it is. or five? It's five. It's the waltz. Sorry. No, it was three. It was the third. Oh, dance. this is the third dance. Yeah. 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 Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. I feel like the polka is probably the least sexy That's dance. I'm glad this is the waltz. Yeah. The polka. The the umpapa is not really set in the mood. I know, and I honestly wasn't gonna say yes to him, but then when you said the waltz, I I already know what I want. No, you didn't want to dance with Oscar Skulk. <laughs> um, and if I, and if Damien were to come back, Felix like was on the list. Would not but... have been good for us. Um, okay, so so you're dancing with him, and it's a little stiff and awkward at first because, mm-hmm. like, he does he he genuinely feels a little bit self conscious about mm-hmm. his suit. Um, but as you continue to dance with him, he starts to relax a little bit, and he holds you a little bit closer. Oh. <laughs> How low's the hand? A respectable height. Oh, okay. He's, respectable. He's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. Yeah. Alright, well, um, are we going to communicate, or can we dance in silence this whole time? You're really great at making conversation, aren't you? <laughs> well, I, I, I have my lovely sisters to blame for that, and my brother. Have you met him? I've had the... I I can't say pleasure, because he's not particularly loquacious. (laughs) We can both agree on that. Um, So, tell me about yourself, Damien Sharp. Well, Anna Maria Dashwood, I own an establishment called The Raven Club. (gasps) And it's a place for intellectuals to gather and share thoughts. And it's a suitable living. It allows me to make connections that allow me to be invited to events like this. Hmm. And your family is a family of wizards, yes? Yes, we are. How do you enjoy that? Well, Damien, um, you know, it is quite enjoyable to be me, I guess. Um, But I don't quite know what to say at this moment. So you're not particularly loquacious either. You get that from your brother. (laughs) Family trait. Family trait. Well, I... um, I guess. I don't know. Well, lovely weather we're having. Should you have interest in more intellectual conversations, you're always welcome to come to the Raven Club, and perhaps we will find something more to talk about. I'm not quite sure if that will actually happen, but I may take you up on the offer later. Um, I must go. Brother's calling. <laughs> Goodbye. He's, he's still on the dance floor, and you, like, it's not the end of the dance yet, and you just run away, and Andrew just looks at you like, I'm gonna go out on the balcony and start breathing heavily, and obviously she's gonna be out there. <clears throat> Can 
have one of those. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna start smoking up. <laughs> I hope you like hack. You've never smoked before. <laughs> mm. Um. So you're out there until the end of the third dance, and um, Adelaide comes and finds you before the fourth song begins. Mm. Um, and she's like, "Sister, I." I think I'm ready to find someone to dance with. Oh, you are? Will you come with me? Oh, out there again, with those gentlemen of certain heights. Who was that you were dancing with? No one of importance, but don't well, dance with him. He's not important. Okay. Um, but can you help me? Of course, of course, someone? of course, but we must stand by the wall, far away from the sight of other people. But how? You, you look and you see Damien has gone off into some far corner. He's not on the dance floor anymore. He's so sad. <laughs> um, okay. I don't see anybody of importance. So let's, None. let's go onto the dance floor. Sure. Yes, let, let's go, shall we? <clears throat> and she turns to look at you, Victoria, and says, Are you coming? No. Why not? speaks more than one sentence. I'd... I'm still... <laughs> she blows smoke in her face. Yes. She is a, you know, being of talking. A talking being. I'm, I'm really trying to be better at making connections with people, not just to dance with, but I'm looking for friends too. Oh yes, Victoria Hemlock is quite a friend. But you really shouldn't be so judgmental. Do you really know each other that well? Oh, I like her better than you already. <laughs> Both of you come with me and we'll... <laughs> Who is this girl? I really want to try. All right. Will you try with us? Uh, God only knows what Alice is doing. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> She grew backbone in three songs. I know. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's all those really, puffs. Your dad really pumped her up. I know. And, and a stiff dance with her older brother. That's all it took. Yeah, that was so, embarrassing. So the final dance before intermission begins. Um, you're getting ready for another round of wear collecting. Um, and you get about midway through um, the fourth dance when all of a sudden the double doors on the far wall burst open. A shadow stretches across the length of the cavernous ceiling to the other end of the ballroom, and with it a blast of air as cold as death that blows out the majority of the candles lighting the space. The once romantic and inviting atmosphere of the room is snuffed out, and a hush falls over the guests. Through the now open doors, a tall, dark-haired man glides into the room, it almost looks as though he's being carried in by the shadows themselves, and you can't tell whether it's an optical illusion as your eyes adjust to the unexpected darkness. His cloak appears to be made of shadow as well, the edges of the fabric roiling like the dark clouds of an oncoming storm. The man looks to be in his early 40s and is very handsome, dressed in an elegant all-black suit beneath the cloak, but there's something just a little bit off about his presence. His pale skin appears almost too perfect. The amused look on his face more predatory than charming. The stunned silence persists upon his entrance, and he smiles widely. 
He begins to weave through the crowd on the dance floor, and he says, Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Long have I waited for this momentous day. Long have I watched from the shadows as my beloved has bloomed. It feels appropriate that we should have an audience, a celebration to accompany the dawn of this new era, the arrival of the one true divine feminine into the revelry of your high society. He stops about 30 feet away from you. <gasps> And he turns to look at your sister. <gasps> she is a child! Adelaide, my darling. <laughs> our time has arrived. I felt the shifting of the earth the moment you were born. <laughs> it has been many lifetimes since your soul last walked this plane. But I always knew you would return to me. Come to me now, my beloved, and we will build this world anew. And you watch as Adelaide, now deeply entranced by this looming stranger, walks slowly into the crook of his outstretched arm, the folds of his billowing cloak wrapping around her shoulders. Immediately, Andrew steps forward and shouts, No, no, sister, come here, come back to me. As he goes to take <laughs> another step forward, the two men who accompanied the cloaked man into the ballroom swiftly flank him on either side. One grabs both his arms and twists them behind his back, and the other punches him hard in the stomach. He exhales sharply and drops to his knees, eyes welling with tears both from the impact of the blow and the understanding that he might be about to lose yet another one of his loved ones. He looks up at the cloaked man and says in a strained voice, Please don't take her. The man gives him only a cold smile in response. Then, looking past him, he locks eyes with you, Anna Maria, oh, fuck. and says, <laughs> A word of warning to all those who would dare try to stop our union. Only death awaits you. I will peel the flesh from your bones layer by layer and feast on your blood in the slowest manner possible to ensure the greatest level of suffering. Inappropriate. Nothing and no one shall come between us. And if you attempt to do so, you will spend the whole of your eternal life in the great beyond wishing you had never crossed me, for even there you will not know peace when I am done with you. And with that, he turns and ushers Adelaide toward the doorway he first entered from. Just as he reaches the threshold and without looking back, he slowly raises a thin-fingered fin hand over his head, and with a flick of his wrist, a swarm of bats burst forward from the dark hallway ahead of him and descends on the crowd behind you. Oh my god. <clears throat> Guests begin to scream and run for the doors on the other side of the ballroom. Some are able to evacuate unscathed, but others are scratched and bitten, their beautiful suits and gowns shredded and stained with droplets of blood as the bats tear at them with razor-sharp claw and tooth. Petunia, through the cacophony you hear your father cry out your name, but it's clear that his small stature has resulted in him getting trapped in the midst of the fleeing crowd Daddy. and being unable to reach you as they run from the ballroom. Is this a Mufasa moment? Victoria. They're not the wildebeest, I promise. Okay, good. Victoria, your sister and your fiance are nowhere to be seen either. Eventually, though, the last of the guests manage to fumble their way out of the chaos and the doors shut of their own accord. 
the cloaked man and Adelaide are gone. The only people left in the room are you three ladies, who the bats barely seem to notice and who remain as lovely as ever. The two, for lack of a better word, henchmen, and Andrew, who received a blow to the head from one of them during the bat attack that rendered him unconscious on the glossy Jesus floor. Jesus Christ. I'm going to need all of you to roll <gasps> initiative. <laughs> but before we start any combat, we are going to quickly cut over to Fran. As you were working ever so diligently behind the scenes, you absolutely heard the abrupt halt in music overhead, uh, the screaming that followed shortly thereafter, and the eerie silence that has now fallen over the estate. So what do you do? Okay, like me as a player, I should not, I should join the party, but I would like to find Lord Prospero in the mayhem. Okay, That's so I'm gonna throw a wrench into your plan. So you come down the staircase, um, and he is standing in the kitchen, and he just glares at you. Why aren't you doing your duties? Do you not hear the mayhem going on out there? Why aren't you protecting your guests? How dare you talk to me like that, you <laughs> filthy corpse? <gasps> Roll me an insight check. I'm gonna intimidate him. I wanna, intim- I wanna give shit his pants. You can also do an intimidation check, okay. but. Uh, an insight check? Yes. I'm so good at these. Oh, it, that was funny. That was awesome. Uh, 25. He's just a man. He's just. He, aren't they all? He is racist and classist and wields a lot of power because of the money that he has, but physically, he's just a human being. He is no match for you. I'm gonna take my room and I'm just gonna shear off the the head. He just stares at you in shock. Like that you would have the audacity to do something like that. She's gonna pull out her raven holy symbol and put it in front of her. Okay. You wear your money like a shield. But it's not gonna protect you today. You're weak and you're nothing, and I want you to say it. And she's gonna put the she's gonna use the spear to trip him. If I can. Yes. And then point the spirit at his throat. I want you to say, you're weak and you're less than me. You truly think that I would ever say something like that to someone like you? <clears throat> so you don't value your life then? Can I roll an intimidation check? <laughs> okay, yes, you can roll an intimidation check. Why did I do this? Uh, it's only a plus one because I am a negative with my charisma. I'm a wisdom <laughs> caster. Okay, so, so I got. Was... I'm sorry. Uh, fourteen. Okay. Um, a ten is average. <laughs> so he he looks shaken by what you said, but my wig. and you just see like his nose wrinkle when you do that. Like he again can't hide his utter disgust at what you are. You're asking about my life having value. What life do you have at all? I have friends. I have people I help. I do things in the world. You sit here in your filthy little potties. What value do you bring to this world? You have to beg for food. It's pathetic. Is it? Yes. (laughs) And I will make sure that you are incapable of ever working in a place like this again. Oh, 
And how do you exactly plan on doing that? As I'm the one with the spear to your hand. He tries to grab the spear from your hands, but again, oh. he, is, he is quite weak. I'm going to flip it around. I'm going to smash him in the face with it. Perfect. Um, roll me an attack roll. <laughs> oh. 23. Okay. Um, I'm debating whether I want you to roll for damage or if I'll just count that as damage. Mm. So he's like 10 hit points. So you're going you're gonna to hit him. But the non... I, I will non... I will not even try to knock him out. I just want to stun him for a second. I know, but even so, like... We, we don't have to do hit points. Any, any amount this. of damage that you could deal to him could be lethal. Okay, then I will so, not. Not yet. Oh no, I was gonna say like you you hit him and like he's not dead, but he is bleeding significantly from the head, and like scrambles away from you. I'm gonna stalk it. I'm gonna and knock things over that he's trying to hide. Them. Gods, somebody, and like just <laughs> trying to get to his feet, but like clearly like the intimidation check like continues through this. Do you think that they'd risk your life for you? Do you think they care about you when your money can't pay for them anymore, when you're dead? I have people that would protect me with their lives, poor as I am, but people like you put me in this situation. But I have to be dead for you to be able, <laughs> for, mm-hmm. He's, he's just like flustered, does not, wait, what did you write? I got distracted, I'm sorry. Brandon's friends! Brandon's friends! We're all looking at each other like, yeah, yeah, we don't yeah. even have friends. What? No, we're on our own. She works at a soup kitchen. She knows people. They'd be sad if she wasn't there. Maybe. I don't know. She, Fran thinks she has friends. Clearly. Really? I don't need friends. Power is more valuable. Then use your power to stop me. He's going to try to get up and, again, take the spear from you. Um, and you'll, like, you can see from... You don't need to roll an insight check. Like, he will, if he can get the spear from you, like, he's going to take it and try to kill you with it. Um. Kill him. I'm going to let him try. I'm going to hold it. I'm going to let him try. Okay. Um. I'll just do a flat. Like a grapple check? Yeah. Nope. Oh, that's sweet baby. Angel, you are not. <laughs> it's a six. Oh, it's cacked. It's cacked. doesn't matter what it works. Mm. Just a strength save? Yeah. Okay, so he gets it from you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But then just kind of takes a stance that shows, like, he doesn't know how to wield a spear. Um, Brandon's going to let him hold it. She's going to walk into the spear and grab his throat and start to choke him. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking awesome. Same wide, broken smile. And where is your power now? He's just gonna start screaming. <laughs> and then she's gonna start choking him until he can't scream anymore. I'll take the damage on that, by the way. Okay. Uh, he's holding it two-handed? Yeah. Uh, so it's 1d8 plus He's, But he's not holding it like this, he's holding it like this. So do you wanna count it as one-handed? Sure. 1d6 plus three. I'll take it, I'll take the damage. If I die, I die. 1d6 I'll come back plus what? Day. Three. Two. Uh, so five. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Like, I'm tired. <laughs> no, you're fine. 
yeah, so five, five points of damage. Um, but it's not going to take long for you to choke him out. Again, we don't really even need to do hit points. Like, you, you choke him until he's dead. <laughs> Lord Prospero is dead! Eh, no, so Does you have anything cool on him? Serial killer. I've killed one. I am. If you're taking a trophy, I haven't. Oh. It's not a serial I, yet. I will say that he doesn't have cool things from an artifact standpoint, but he has a pocketbook with 500 gold pieces in it. I'm gonna take that, and then um, I would also like to take like this handkerchief. Okay. And just fold it up. It's got it's got uh, JP initials. J.P. Morgan. <laughs> John Prospero. Oh. But, yes. He, so you have his handkerchief, his engraved handkerchief, and pocketbook with 500 gold pieces. Um, she's going to pull the spear out of herself and um, lay on hands herself for five. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. <laughs> I know technically, as a revenant, for any Rolls-Royce out there, that I shouldn't be able to heal myself, but... We're allowing it we're, with Fran. Yeah. I think you it's... regularly have to sew yourself back together, a la Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas. So She'll I think g- you have the ability. She'll give herself a quick table, quick rolls. stitch job. Yeah, right in the stomach, <laughs> just and... so you don't have a gaping hole in yeah. your abdomen. Yeah. Um, so now, like, it's it's pretty cleared out in here. Aside from that, there was nobody to witness this happening. Um, so your your way is clear. It's still eerily quiet. I guess Fran would probably, I, I guess the the part of her that wants to be a helper, that wants to be the the Mr. Rogers helps during mm-hmm. tough times would probably just go see what's going on. So you look through the peephole and you see a man laying on the ground and these three young women with two large hulking man, men clearly trying to like intimidate them standing in front of them. Um... <laughs> mm. Mommy? 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 Um, Fran will... There's two of them? She feels like she can take She's okay. scrappy. Um, Fran will come out with her spear all bloodied. And so, I will have you roll initiative as well. Yay. Oh, have we rolled yet? No, we no. Uh, you, you three also roll initiative. 17. 19. I'll make a note of that. Oh, wait. What's my, what do I add for initiative again? The little box that says initiative. So, what's your dex? Plus four. Four. Okay, wait, Fran so is four. 17, Petunia's 19. I got We add 18. our decks to it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's, well, because there's that initiative box. It's the same as your decks. Put the top. 23. Done. Okay. 19. So, so four, 17, 23, 19. Five. I have a lot of... That's okay. Those are just... I'm dexterous and have a lot right. of charisma. Okay. And that is where we are gonna end it for tonight. <laughs> My sister! Yeah. No, that was a fucking that was a That's do you remember when we first got talking about you having siblings and you're like, yeah, I think she's gonna be 14. I'm like, can you make her 16 at least? Yeah. <laughs> a little less creepy. Mm-hmm. We're gonna all meet and be like, that girl is a child. Is it Strahd? More or less, yes. <laughs> um not not officially. Technically. But, mm-hmm. Um, so that is it 
for this week. Um, does anybody have anything that they would like to plug before we sign off? I do. Um, so we have been kind of neglecting it just because we've had some that were pre-recorded. Um, but I would like to give a shout out to our patron, the Count. Thank you so much. Um, you help make this stuff possible and help make things better so if you'd like to join our patreon and be added to the list of people we thank and get some cool gifts maybe some of our masks other cool exclusives um please look at our patreon at swords and sky mummies i will plug um our social medias all of them are at swords and sky mummies tiktok twitter uh well i don't really go on twitter ever but mostly our tiktok and instagram um Check us out on all of those places. Give us support. Share us out. Give us some love. We appreciate it. Yeah. Sweet. I don't know if I'm going to do this. I know. As, is, no, I know. Anna Maria going Anna to Maria, plug? She's not... I feel like, no, it's it's you. You would you would, you would would plug something very odd. Uh, yeah. Um, I would like to plug... I can't do the Irish accent until then. We would like to plug... Cream Puffs. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. This episode is, is brought to you by Cream Puffs. All right, and make sure to uh, like this wherever you're listening to it. Make sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And thank you so much for 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 watching. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.